Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 179 of Hotline League. We've all lost our jobs because the cool thing in the LCS these days is to just stop being a part of it. Uh, you know, Jat, Dardock, uh, well, I won't make jokes about Centaur, and I hope he feels better, but there's a lot of movement in the all LCS the right now. Quest guys, basically. Yes, yes. And uh, Finn is here because he's going to take over the show, uh, and he's going to be the new host because uh, he's also stepping down from competing. He's going to be uh, an interviewer and host now. So yes. congratulations to Finn Industries, the new... No, uh, we'll get to introducing Finn in a second. But first, my constant co-host, Mark Zimmerman, how's it going? It's going. Um, my, my, my birthday is tomorrow. Uh, and so my family came out to visit because I haven't seen them in over a year because of COVID and all that. And uh, we booked a trip up to Santa Barbara. I forgot to tell Travis until Saturday night. Um, so here we are in a random Airbnb bedroom, uh, you know, on a couch or on a, on a bed. It you works nice okay, up, though. You have a nice upward angle at my double chin. Yeah. Just so everybody knows, uh, you're not going to get Mark on the dive this week, but you are getting him on Hotline League. That's... That's the power that I have to guilt him into doing something. Hotline League is such a low-quality show that I can do it from anywhere on any setup with any state of mind, and it's it'll work. And you know why? Because we have Alienware uh, helping us make that happen with the Alienware laptop I was able to, uh, or notebook that I was able to send along with Mark and the headphones he's using right now. Anyway... Uh, shout out also to GameFuel for sponsoring the show, both of our sponsors. We'll talk more about both of them later. But first up, we have Finn here. So Finn, welcome to Hotline League for the first time. Uh, do you have any idea how the show works? Uh, no. Thank you for having me. Uh, I Is this where people will like call in? And, yes. And I like, have insane opinions about stuff? Yes. And we talk about it? Yeah. Okay. Yes. I kind of I kind of get that. Yeah. Okay. That is pretty much the show. Don't worry. You you know exactly how it works. They all have insane mm -hmm. opinions. It's uh it's fantastic. No, uh okay. so Finn, how how are things going for you? I mean, the last time I talked to you was after you had your your amazing weekend. A less amazing weekend unfortunately for you this past weekend, but how are things on CLG right now? Yeah, it's pretty disappointing. I mean, there's no reason to sugarcoat it. It's pretty sucky to go zero free after we actually had an upwards trajectory. We kind of went down in the dumps again. Uh, I, th I think the most disappointing thing is that we kind of took a step back and we kind of went back to old habits after we had like a good weekend. And we stopped doing the things that were causing us to win games and just went back into yeah old bad habits of kind of expecting things to happen without really taking control of the situation in-game. Uh, and That really sucks because we really need every win. Uh, but hopefully next week we will be back on track. I mean, uh, what? Yeah, why do you think it was that you guys had things kind of take a step backwards for this past weekend? You guys just got too comfortable after the previous week, or what do you, what do you think? Maybe. I mean, uh, it's very <laughs> weird to get complacent after 3-0, right? After we were being <laughs> in the bottom of the league the whole year. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we kind of expected us to just play well. But I think it's really important that you keep following all the steps to actually play well, you know. The game is just not going to come to you because you think it will. You actually got to take action. Yeah. Oh, that's um, fair. 
This is something that a couple of us at the analyst desk were wondering about, and so I understand it might be a little difficult to give insight in because it is strategic. Sure. Um, but we were talking about the emergence of the kind of like, you know, all engage, press R kind of comp, and how like it's actually sometimes hard to get a full team on board with an idea like that because people have their own minds about champs and the meta and all this stuff. And so like in some sense, we were wondering like, what was the process to get CLG on the same page? Was this like Moon coming in with a presentation? Was it more collaborative? Was it like, hey guys, we got we to gotta try something different? Like how, how did it actually end up that that weekend that you went 3-0, you know, that you had this, this strat? Well, I think it started, I mean, you have to go back to the weekend before that weekend when we went 3-0, where we had, I, I, I remember one game against TSM where I was playing Wukong, <laughs> kind of first time, but uh, basically we were, getting, we were in a pretty good position uh, and then we just kind of played team fights really badly. Like we had really bad team fighting that game. Uh, and it was a similar story in another game that weekend that we lost. I don't remember which one, but in general, we were like, okay, our team fighting is shit and we need to fix that. So what did we do? We tried to focus really heavily on team fights the coming week and like in reviews, and we leaned more drafting towards team fighting heavy comps. Uh, and what happened was that we just kind of kept winning with this value thing. And we were like, okay, let's just play it because we, it's winning. It's working for us. And that was more like a byproduct of the shift in, in focus for us. Not really uh, a complete thing that where you say that we have to play this only. It was more like, okay, this worked. We'll play it. Okay, it works on stage. Nice. Yeah. But we couldn't really take the next step into to going forward from that point. On a very different note, somebody in the chat had mentioned, I should probably get their name. Uh, they wanted me to ask you, and I, I went and Googled this because I had missed this somehow. But they asked me to ask you to, oh, Evie says, can you ask Finn to publicly defend ketchup on spaghetti? And I went oh. and Googled this and I found that in, uh, in April you tweeted, well, Broxa tweeted that he cooked you spaghetti with ketchup and you were very excited about this. Uh, what is this a thing? What am I missing here? I mean, so from what I understand is that actually the ketchup we have in Sweden and Norway, uh, Sweden and Denmark, I mean, is actually a bit different from American ketchup. It's like far less sweet and far less dominant, but it's very common to eat meatball spaghetti and just pour a bunch of ketchup over it. That's like a common kid food, and a lot of people grew up eating it. Uh, Coming here, apparently we are looked at as some kind of alien when we when we put spaghetti on uh, no ketchup on spaghetti, uh, which is kind of weird to me. Don't think we should judge, but uh, yeah, to me it's completely normal. But it does appear to be a bit taboo here. So have you so have you done it with American ketchup? Yeah, I was yet? about to ask. Was that what this picture is? The American ketchup? Yeah, I mean the American ketchup is like really strong taste. If that makes sense, it kind of takes over the yeah. Great, you could get the picture up there. I mean, that was on, yeah. It's it's not bad, but I do think it can be a bit much if you put too much over it. <laughs> but it, it is very common in Sweden to, to eat it like this. Well, you guys is have it... marinara in Sweden? Because it almost sounds like a, like ketchup there is like marinara. Marinara sauce, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't really know what that is. <laughs> okay, maybe they don't. Some kind yeah. of tomato-based sauce, I assume. Yeah, yes. it's another kind, but it's like the it's kind like that thicker. Yeah. Yeah, thicker? it's like more tomato-y. 
Oh. Okay. Well, <laughs> investigations. No, I mean, actually, actually, while we're on that, okay, we talked about the, the stuff, but because this is your first uh, six months, I guess, living uh, in the in the U.S., has there been much, like, culture shock for you? Is there anything that you found that's really weird about America? I mean, it, it was insane when I first went into, like, a, a grocery store. I think it was. I don't know which one it was. It was a Target or whatever. And there's, like, these insane shelves with one million brands of the same product. Because okay. in Sweden, we will have milk, oatmeal, and it will be, like, one brand. But here there was like 10 million different brands of every single product. And there can't be that big difference. I mean, oatmeal is oatmeal. You can't have 15 different versions of oatmeal. That was just insane to me. Like how big everything is and how much, different, how much variety it is. But uh, other than that, I think America has been quite normal. More normal than I thought, I guess. Well, as normal, I guess, as anything is these days. I really liked... We, we'll move on and talk about leak stuff in a second. But I just want to say I really love Sweden when I went there. Uh... Mm-hmm. I stayed in, well, I've, I've been to, to Stockholm and Yonshaping for DreamHack, but yeah. I stayed in, uh, what's the, the city that begins with an M that's in the south? Oh, Malmö. Like, yeah, Malmö. And uh thought that was like super, super pretty. And then went to uh, Goth- Gothenburg. Is that yeah, right? Gothenburg, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and really, really enjoyed that. It was like back in 2015. And I, I've always wanted to go back because uh, I went in the summer when it was really nice yeah. uh, and, and really loved it. So definitely i i am envious i think sometimes of of what you guys have because um it's quite nice although southern california not that bad either i mean okay. you did go in the summer which yes is, I'm, I'm a bit jealous because i haven't been home and experienced swedish summer since i became pro because every ah, summer i'm working yeah uh it's not as pretty in, in winter because it's pretty cold but i mean swedish summer is great uh, i can recommend anyone who wants to see it to go there Actually, how many years have you been pro now? Because it's harder for me to, to track all the LEC folks. Mm-hmm. So I think I graduated high school 2018 and I started playing in national leagues instantly then. So I guess summer 2018, that is one, two, three years. Three years yeah. yeah, if I can count correctly. <laughs> Very good. Well... Uh, okay, let's talk about what has happened in League of Legends, which is a lot. So obviously Team Liquid had their big press conference. Uh, Santorin out, as I said at the beginning, I hope uh, he gets better. I think we all hope he gets better. Uh, but that has obviously brought about the return of Armeo, who I did like a really, I, I really love the interview I did with him on Saturday. It's up on the channel right now, but he seems like a completely different person. I guess just... He's he's aged uh, and gotten more comfortable in interviews, and he was a super well spoken. Talked a lot about sort of the differences between why why so many academy players like struggle when they make it into the LCS, and uh, really really enjoyed. But he also, I mean, obviously he's playing a lot differently. I feel like than he used to, as well. So it's been great to see him pop up. Uh, Jat out. Uh, I'm very curious to see about actually, Mark. Did you guys talk about Jat? Oh wait, you weren't on the show this week for the dive, so you don't have to to figure out how to tackle that. Cause I, I mean, as a former host of that show, I, I would have been fast. I'm fascinated to see how they, they handle it. Um, Just talking nonstop. Jack <laughs> sucks. As you heard from Thorin's video, he has no game knowledge. Don't let him back on the dive. Let me keep my job. Okay. Well, Oh wait. Cause you got it when he left. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Well then I was going to say, I'm worried that Mark will, uh, be nervous to talk about the Jat topic on the show, but now I'm realizing he has to 
he has to drag that guy down as much as possible to make sure he continues his his. It's not difficult. It's yeah. his team did it for him. Okay, <laughs> boy, oh boy, tell me how you really feel. Okay, um, uh, Alvari's still not in, uh, but hopefully returning soon. Dardock off Dignitas. We can talk about that. Zven back for C9. Uh, his his opening weekend. I think he had some. Uh, Mixed feelings on on returning. I, I did an interview with him as well. People can go, but I'm sure we'll take some some calls from folks. Um, what else? Oh, I want to shout out. I'm going to do this on Rift Reaction as well because I often dog on the broadcast. But I thought it was so great that you guys, uh, Mark, were able to get players on the desk this past weekend. Um, you know what's so funny is that I was looking when you you and I had our tiff last weekend or last episode about the games back from, from 2014 and 2015, the times in between, I looked and was looking through that, and I saw all these moments where, because I'm skimming through, I'm like, wow, they used to really bring players a ton on the analyst desk and, like, have these big discussions. Like, there was one with Doublelift and Aphromoo and, like, just a lot of times, and then it hadn't happened. Now, and then as I'm, like, looking at that, this pat this weekend you guys do a bunch more of it so i don't know if you want to comment on that but there was a reddit uh, contrary to the previous week where there's a reddit thread dogging on you guys there was a reddit thread this time celebrating it uh no i had nothing to do with that i i'm sure someone was making a conscious push for that hats off to them i wouldn't be surprised if it was emily she she's usually uh in general pushing for like more player oriented stuff whether it's player of the games getting done immediately so that you know fans can know right after the game stuff like that but uh, I don't know. I'm sure the producers, you know, are obviously the ones pulling the strings to make it happen. So hats off to them. I was busy this week pretending to be a doctor um, and doing That's a true. fucking stupid skit that contributes nothing to the scene. So um, def definitely don't deserve any credit. Finn, how much do you watch the LCS broadcast? Not too much. Uh, I don't think. I mean, for me as a player, I don't get that much out of it unless I want to stroke my ego after a win, you know? Yeah. Uh, that it wouldn't really do much for me. So uh, I don't follow it too closely. I, I, can't, I can't say that. I yeah. thought for sure you're about to say, well, I don't, they don't say anything of value, so I don't watch it. I was like, I felt like you were heading there and then you, you pulled back on the punch. I mean, I feel like that's how a lot of pro players generally feel about the broadcast is they're always like, ah, these guys have no idea what they're talking about. Um, I don't know. It's not necessarily that. It's more like... I mean, if I play well, people are gonna like say nice things, and if I play bad, people are gonna bash on me. So I can't really take any of the the things they say to heart. And if I have to like go and be happy when they talk good of me, I have to go and be sad when they talk shit of me. And it doesn't really give me anything productive, you know. Yeah. It's similar to like reading Reddit comments after a victory, after a loss. It doesn't really give you much. Uh, I, I, they, they for sure have some good points they'll bring up sometimes, but for me, it's not really relevant. Gotcha. Uh, oh, one thing I, I forgot to mention also is contracts uh, coming on. And then in the interview yeah. he did, which was like very, very interesting. Um, you can just tell how much he wants to be back in the LCS and was happy to play on Saturday. So I don't know, some interesting stuff. I'm sure some other folks will have some, some different things. And if people want to ask questions to Finn, you know, not that we ever try to, we try to get more takes rather than, than questions, but I'm sure, especially since he's come over here since the, from the LCS, there's a lot of stuff to uh, talk about that people might have some interesting thoughts on. So, uh, Mark, I believe is already pulling calls and we want to make sure that Mark can leave so that he can rejoin his family on their vacation. So 
Let's make sure that we can get out of here by 10. Um, oh, and by the way, just for everybody wondering why we, we shifted the time schedule, we just, we again, a thank you to Mark and his family for allowing him to come on the show this week. We had to shift it to 8 just so that it was a bit of a better schedule for him. Um, but we'll be back at 7 o'clock next time, uh, Pacific. Mark, you want to go grab the first caller? Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, while we wait for that, Nucle, thank you for the one year of being a sub. Rune Caden. Rune, thank you for the five gifted subs. Very nice of you. Uh, Riot Wafflefoot for the resub. Uh, Pup Trooper. Dassiage24. Uh, Inuber. And B BWJD2019. Hopefully that's not anything offensive that I've just said. I never know with Twitch names. They're very uh, spooky. Okay. Treethan is here. Treethan, where are you calling from? Hello, I am calling from Queens, New York. Queens, New York. What do you want to talk about on the show? So I have a question for Finn. Um, how do you feel about the state of the top lane right now? It seems like carry top laners have made a, a comeback in a way, especially from like last year where it was only like tanks basically. And uh, what do you think is the best part of the current meta of the top lane? But the current top lane meta is say, well, I think right now the top lane meta is quite versatile, which is very fun to see. I do think tanks are a bit underpowered, but other than tanks, I think you can play everything from from Lucian to Karma Lulu to like Bruisers. And I think that's very rare. I think usually one kind of archetype uh, dominates the meta. And uh, what was your question more, more specifically? Sorry. Um, like, so um, what do you think is your favorite part about the current meta for you? And like, what do you think the state of the top lane in general in the LCS, in the LCS is right now? Mm, you mean players or just the meta? Uh, both. Uh, I do think the meta like caters to everyone being able to play what they kind of prefer. And I think that's always good if you can see people playing at their best against each other. I think you'll get better opportunities for high level gameplay. I do think top lane in America is quite low level. I don't think there's any like incredible top laner here. Um, I just think in general people are pretty selfish and narrow-minded in how they approach the game and don't really see the big picture a lot. Uh, so I think that's something that could be improved on in general. I think that's where people have a larger like frame of improvement in general. I think how they work together in Symbios with their jungler and I mean the whole map I think is severely lacking right now. When and you people when are kind of standing on their lane, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I was just going to ask: when you say that they're they're selfish, you're just saying they're what they're bad they're bad at work. You were saying with their jungler, you think that they just sort of play to win lane and win less about the team, or I don't know if you can expand on that a bit. Mm, I just think the top laners. I think first, I think team fighting is pretty bad in general. I think people, some people are good at team fighting, but a lot of people they kind of just bash their skull in. And don't really think about how they want to play their own champion. Are you talking about top laners also, specifically, or just uh, all the players in the LCS? When you say team fighting is bad, mo mostly. I mean, I think it goes for everything, everyone. But I'm kind of focusing on top laners right now. Gotcha. Okay, sorry. Uh, but yeah, I, I do think people kind of miss a lot of opportunities to set up plays with their team because uh, these plays are like not yours to set up, but you kind of need to initiate the conversation to make these plays happen. Whether that is warding enemy jungle deep, so if enemy jungle shows top, you can go for a bot dive, or 
telling your bot lane to let the wave push into you so you can look for to play bot when your condition is good. Stuff like this I don't think a lot of top laners are doing. And I think it's something that uh, people can look to improve on. Mark, I don't know if you have any any thoughts on the uh, the top lane stuff right now no. in the LCS. No, I mean, I appreciate the current meta for being a little different, just like the double melee solo laners, which is pretty prevalent, and uh, AP junglers, I feel like, are the hottest they've ever been, you know, like, whether it's Diana, Rumble, I mean, Morgana had a, a brief little stint and stuff, so, like, I don't know, I, I personally like seeing the change of Rumble, or a change of uh, meta, I don't need to see Orn, Maokai in the top lane again, after how long they've been around, and, I mean, I think it's it's often feels at least for me more skill expressive though i think a uh, tank play is often under underrated in team fights and stuff uh, what, what was interesting to me too finn as you just mentioned you're not too impressed with any of the lcs top laners i feel like yeah i i'm not trying to bait you into shit talking anybody but i have to i have to ask like does does fudge not stand out as much as you know a lot of the tension he gets and also does this change at all in a world where alfari shows up again because i don't know if you feel like Top lane is just missing him since he was sort of considered the, uh, I guess by some, the god emperor of top uh, in in spring. Mm -hmm. Well, I think Fudge's improve, improvement is very impressive. I think he has improved at a very rapid rate compared to a lot of other players. I think right now he's actually quite solid. Then I'll put him among the top in NA for sure. Uh, I think he's an out, uh, outlier though. I think in general, people people's laning is not that good. Uh, people's map plays also good. I think in general, a lot of areas are lacking. It's hard. It's gonna. It's hard for me to say, but that far or not, because I haven't played against him for so long. Uh, I think when he comes back, we'll, when he comes back, we'll just have to see if he still got it or not. How, but how I are you, think Fudge is quite decent. How are you able to keep your skills up if if you have a hard time finding like good lane opponents? Uh, well, I did spam a lot of solo queue in the offseason, and I think that kind of was a bad choice by me. I, I feel like <laughs> it didn't really give me that much, it only gave me bad habits, if anything. Uh, so now I try to just watch a lot more replays, maybe to schedule one on ones with other top laners in the league, uh, and just try to keep finding other ways, you know, that it's not just spamming solo queue, because that is like the, the easy way to do it. I, I, I presume. I was gonna say I presume that with LEC or sorry with with EU solo queue, you feel like it's a lot better to be able to to like there's enough people in that solo queue that you can spam it and it's pretty good during like a break between splits. I think the difference between EU and any solo queue is that there's a lot of EU players in solo queue who are playing in national leagues, so they kind of understand that the game has some kind of structure, uh, and they kind of don't make the game complete chaos when they're in it. While in NA, I feel like a lot of times when I play solo queue, the game is just very rapid. Like the game is way too fast paced. You don't have any time to go to a sideline and push it out. You just have to be where the fight is and hope you win the fight if you want to climb. While in EU, I think you could work on your fundamentals better in solo queue, whether that is pushing sidelines deeper and rotating or just, yeah, I mean, just general stuff like that, I feel like was just a bit more easier to, to practice uh, there. Not to say that EU solo queue is some kind of incredible high level place, because it really isn't either, but I think there was a bit more structure at least in those games. Yeah. 
Very good. Hey, Trethan, uh, thank you. I know we kind of expanded on your, your question a bit, but hopefully you feel like we covered it. No, I, I love that. No one wants to hear from a bronze top laner, which is me. So I'd rather, <laughs> you know, listen to you guys. Do you have a specific – I'll ask you, Trethan, is there any – do you need a pro tip from Finn? Because I think when we had Jensen on a little bit ago and somebody asked him for a zillion tip, he gave a very simple one. That person ended up getting a college scholarship out of it. So I don't know if – as a bronze top laner, um, you're trying to find any. There's a secret uh, bit of tech yeah. you need to get from Finn. Um, it, how can I make sure that top lane isn't an island? And how can I facilitate things on the map during laning phase so I don't feel like I'm not doing anything for like 15 minutes? Well, first of all, make sure you can push and make sure you buy pinks. And if you do those two, you can always push and ward to make sure you're safe and then you can try to mess with enemy jungler or look for room smith i think those are the easiest way to climb i don't think getting a big lane lead is gonna carry a lot of games with no reload while they might i think trying to to explode the map somehow by tilting their mid or jungle by constantly roaming towards them is gonna do a lot more mental damage and that damage is way more impactful the number one type of damage in solo queue, mental damage. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Treat, and anything you want to shout out before we uh, go on to our next caller? Yeah, uh, I want to shout out the New York City esports scene. Lots of things are happening. Lots of cool places are opening up. Shout out to Brooklyn. This really cool uh, LAN uh, PC cafe just opened up. Uh, so shout out to them. And really excited to see New York City, you know, get some esports love and stuff coming soon. So thanks. Nice. Yeah, you love to you love to hear it. Thanks, Treethan, so much for the call. We'll catch you next time. No problem. All right. Moving on to the next caller. Uh, let's see. Oh, we had the Ophius with the Prime. Photo, LOL. Thank you for the Tier 1. Uh, six months. Resub. And then uh, Gipple, Gipple the Fish. Thank you for the Prime as well. All right. Well, uh, Finn, how do you spend... I assume today was your day off. Yeah. Besides gracing us with your presence on the show, how, how have you been spending your, your days off? Uh, today we actually went for a team activity. We went with the team, uh, watched the cinema. We haven't really been doing that much team activities lately, so it was nice doing something at least. You went to the theater, like the movie theater? Yeah. What did you see? We saw the new Fast and Furious. I had never seen anything like it before. It was just explosions and cars. Uh, <laughs> it was like a fucking two-year-old with Hot Wheels. Got I got a hundred million dollar budget. Yeah, but but, but Matt likes it, so I went to see it with him. Nice. Oh, I'm glad I'm glad you you had a good time. Dancing Blades is here. Dancing Blades, where are you calling from? Hey, I'm calling for um, Marietta. Marietta. Oh, Marietta, California. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You. I believe you called in previously, or we had some. Yeah, I called in last yeah. week. That's right. Okay. Uh, it's all been a blur this past week. What do you want to talk about on the show? Um, it was pretty much just talking to Finn. Um, uh, congrats on the 3-0 weekend, by the way, last weekend. Um, sorry you had to go through an 0-3 weekend. I didn't really like that C9 game. I wish you guys won it. Um, they didn't deserve it, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, but I was just wondering what your uh, morale is like um, coming off of this 0-3 weekend. And uh, what would be some positive and nice experiences uh, you've had with your team so far? Uh, well, I think one high point is that we didn't implode yet, which is quite admirable, considering we have been at the bottom, bottom, bottom of the standings for quite long. Seeing all these other teams sort of implode next to us every week is, is interesting. 
Uh, I do think our team morale is quite good still. Obviously, there's a lot of frustration uh, going around. No one likes being in the position we are. So we are really trying to, to find a way to get out of it. But so f uh, we have not become enemies on the same team yet. So I think still there's hope. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's when it's truly doomed is when you just want the guy next to you to shut up and like get out and speed run the, the split. Go next yeah. year fast. Yeah, and that really <laughs> didn't happen yet. I think the guys on the team are like very supportive of like we still have trust in each other and I think that's very important. I think when you lose trust in your teammates, you like start falling on a downward spiral really fast. Why, why do you think it is that you guys haven't imploded whenever so many of these other teams have? Veteranship? I, I know you guys I mean, have less rookies, right? So Yeah, I think the people are a bit more mature in the team. I mean, people have seen a lot of teams. Everyone has been on different teams. Everyone has seen different issues and uh, yada, yada, yada. So people have been benched. People have seen like really high highs and really low lows. So people have seen stuff happen. And I don't think anything we're dealing with now is like anything too crazy. We just have to, to keep grinding and keep going forward and not like letting it get to our head. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited to see how you guys uh, continue to do because it does feel like you guys are on the upswing. I guess I guess it's you you mentioned it, you feel like every game really matters, and it is kind of true. It's sneaking up on us, but this coming week will be like the halfway point to the split. So I I don't know if you feel like you guys are just inconsistent right now, like because again you have you know one great weekend, one not so great weekend, um, or if you feel like you guys are on like an upward trajectory. Uh, well, I would say we're on, like on the upper trajectory more now than we were the initial weeks. I do think uh, we are quite reliant on having a good early game right now. I don't have a lot of trust in us winning games from behind. So I think for us to win games, we need to have a strong showing initially and kind of snowball that. Which <laughs> we've also been very good at throwing our leads, so that is that tells a lot about our record. Uh, but I do, I do believe that we are, like, I think our laning is quite good and I think we have quite good understanding on how to accumulate leads. Uh, I think we see a bit more team cohesion in-game and need to be my, like, more synced up. Because a lot of the times one individual mistakes leans into a chain of inting and we just kind of throw our lead down, down the dumpster. Yeah. Mark, I don't know if you have any thoughts on, on CLG's current situation. Um... I mean, I was funny. I was I was arguing with Tafo last week. I don't know if you remember. Yes. Uh, at the end of the episode. Tafo was in our chat, and Mark was a... After the 3 a week, Mark remained a little skeptical, and Tafo, I think, was a little offended by the skepticism, or at least the, your reasons for being skeptical. Yeah, I mean, I am someone that... I've said this before. I, I like data, and, you know, a single 3 a week, you know, with a... A kind of specific champion pool that uh, you know I was like well I want to see a little more um, and I think you know what Finn's saying makes a lot of sense to me about the struggles that they're having um, and the team fighting because in yes last week when I was talking with Taffel about it, I was like well like that C9 game like you guys had a, had a really big lead but it got away from you and picking team comps that have easier execution you could you could say in team fights makes sense for like streamlining some of that stuff so like I don't know I, I think uh like there were games this weekend I thought CLG could have won, like the Immortals won. Like it was it was funny because people were going back and forth about it on Twitter. Like uh, 
Gilhoto. Someone was, I forget who was flaming. I think it was Freak Flame Gilhoto for leaving your comp up. And then you guys lost, and Gilhoto was like, see, I baited them into picking it. But like watching that game, I thought you guys were going to win until the turtle play. <laughs> and I thought it was like a pretty close game. I was like, oh, I think, I think CLG can win it. So like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of these games are ones where I'm like, oh, I think CLG is actually in a pretty good spot. And then something like that happens with a C9 one and stuff like that. Uh, we, we were really raiding Immortals. Uh, I think that game was in our hands. So I, I thought so too, which is why when Gilhoto was like, I five had baited them into picking their most comfortable shit. I was like, I don't know. I think he hit a blast cone and killed himself. I don't, I don't know if you, you mind tricked him into doing that. Yeah, I don't think Immortals draft was very good against us. I do think C9's draft was very good against us. I think that draft made it very hard for us to play. And I think that game was kind of showing our flaws in our drafting a lot. Uh, that, that was something that we was, have to work on. The the C9 one was interesting to me because... Oh, wait, I'm thinking of the wrong C9 game. Did you guys play C9 this weekend, right? Are yeah, you the last this game. Weekend? Yesterday. You're thinking about the, the Gwen Volibear game where we got flanked and when we siege bot in it? Yeah, yeah. I can't remember if... I didn't know which one you were talking about because I was talking yeah. about two weeks ago, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about the game we played on Sunday where we played like... Cled Gallio, mm -hmm. Full Dive, and they had like Nocturne, Syracon, Diana, Lee Sin. And they were just yeah. like, every time we were going in, they put Nocturne ult, we couldn't Galio ult, we had to disengage, and then they kind of won the fight out of the disengage. What it What was, did you think was, of... Oh, go ahead, Mark. Oh, I was just going to say, like, it was interesting watching that draft, because I initially was just like, oh, they picked so many melee, and even though, like, Zaya can kind of, like, jump out of your first form of engage, like, you have more forms. And so initially I thought, you know, it was again, like, oh, but then when I watched them play it, it was actually really cool to see, like you said, how, how you know, I piloted that comp to, like, Force you to use a bunch of your cooldowns, and then their melees went in. I don't know. It was a it was a weird. Uh, I like I. This is one of the things I like about CLG games, is I feel like that because they have such specific draft win cons, like you get to really see either the draft win or you get to see the players win because it's so like I don't know. I feel like it's if if two comps are kind of doing the same thing, you're like, eh, you know, which one really won here? What what do you think, Finn? I believe Sven referred to your comp as the Bronzodia comp in uh, in the post game interview. What do you what do you, do you feel like that's an accurate uh, title for the the comp name? It's not too far off. <laughs> do you prefer Bronzodia or do you prefer the Bongo comp, which is what Gilhoto called it? Uh, Bongo comp, I like. I think I called it something similar. I don't remember what I called it, but it was similar. Uh, face roll or whatever. Yeah. I. I, I I think you still need to play smart with these comps, though. You can't just completely bongo dongo, you know, just press R. I, I think our game against EG, I think that was the game I liked the most. Because I think we had really good adaptation in the game, in how team fought. Because I think we had, against EG, we had this dragon fight where they got a good flank on us. We were like, we lost the fight like 4 2 or something. And after that, we were like, okay, we find Rel and we all hard engage on Rel. And. Darrell couldn't really get any fight going, and we kind of started winning our fight from there on. And I think that kind of showed the strength of our our team fighting improvement that we had some kind of problem solving. Uh, but we need a lot more of that and a bit less of uh, passivity. That's not a word, passivity, but passiveness. <laughs> Is passivity not a word? It sounds like it could, should know. be a word. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not American. <laughs> There's a lot uh, of words on broadcast that we use that like are not correct. Like we say aggress on, I don't think that's correct, but it's just like a league terminology. I feel like we say passivity all the time. Yeah, passivity, passivity is a noun according to Merriam-Webster, and it's the quality wow. or state of being passive. Wow, I'm so happy. 
Yeah. That's how you know you're smart is when you don't even know the word, but you're just like able to like break down the language in your head and get it right. Yeah. That's good. All right. Uh, Dancing Blades, thanks so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out? I know we kind of went off from your topic, but. No, no, it's all good. Um, nothing to shout, shout out. Pretty much uh, good luck, Finn. Hope you guys turn it around, honestly. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks. Uh, well, and we'll catch you next time. All right, thank you. All right, we'll take one more caller, and then we'll take a quick break. Uh, but thank you to all the callers. Also, shout out to Unstraight for the Prime and Taco Bowl, Taco Bowl 8 for the resub. In the chat, I am Elvis 4 says, someone please get Travis to stop moving his mic. Is there like a squeaky noise? Do I need a WD-40, this uh, mic arm? I wouldn't be surprised. I know it, it makes like a noise, so I apologize if that's the case. Uh, I try to do that so that it doesn't, doesn't go back and forth. Uh, Mark, did you want to grab... Our next. Oh, sorry. I, I thought you were prepping a. Uh... Uh, oh, no, I'll do it next. Oh, he's gone. Okay. Uh, people say it's fine, so I don't. I don't know. I'm Elvis for. I apologize if I'm offending you. Um, I think it works out okay though. By the way, just a quick mention. I do. Oh, the mic gives a thud. Okay. Well, I apologize. Uh, I do a show called Rift Reaction with Emily Rand. If anybody ever wants to check it out, it's on Spotify. Uh, I just wanted to mention that because I think we've been doing some really cool stuff and it's only like 30 minutes each week. So I'm not asking you to, to listen to another two hour show. I just wanted to mention it because you might enjoy it. In, Invicta Sabaz, is that how you say it? Invic wait, maybe I should just call you Invicta. Does that work better? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Last time I was called Sebaz, but I changed it to Invicta, which is my summoner name. So yeah. Very good. Invicta, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Viña del Mar, Chile. Oh, nice. Yes, oh, wow. I, I remember. Okay. What do you want to talk about on the show? So my take uh, is that 100T is the only LCS team that is versatile enough to compete toe-to-toe -to -toe against other world's contenders. And, okay. well, TSM and IMT maybe have potential to get there, but are lacking consistency in comparison. You said TSM and IMT? Like Immortals? Yep. Yes, I almost right. kind of uh, feel like the Immortals uh, part of your take is is the one that will get the biggest reaction. But okay, yeah, so maybe, what? But... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, uh, last week there was a caller that didn't buy the IMT hype. Well, I do, but I don't think that's the main point of my take. I want to focus preferably about 100T because, uh, well, there are many things we could argue about this. I mean, well. Abadage being great for 100T's dynamics, Reaper being known to experiment with the meta, so it's not surprising to me, at least, that they tried to pull off uh, FBI's listing last, last week, for example. Um, for me, 100T is a team that can teamfight, they can 1-3-1, they can carry through any lane or play weak side everywhere, and they can adapt to difficult situations like in the early, mid, and late game. And that's what makes them, like, in comparison to C9, for example, or at least what we saw from them uh, during MSI, that it's harder to pinpoint weaknesses um, in the Thieves. So that's why I think they are better prepared for Worlds. It's an it's an interesting take. Finn, it sounds like you're, you want to say something, so I'm going to... I'm just thinking a bit. I don't think... Well, then the is that spectacular. Uh, do you mean in, in comparison to the international scene or stage, or do you mean in comparison to LCS? Because I feel like so many people think that they're the best team right now. They're certainly up there. They've, I think they've had the most wins in summer. 
Uh, well, I would for sure put TSM over them uh, every day. Uh, maybe that is, is that biased from... because <laughs> because we just because we just stomped them. Maybe that is biased. I, I was just never really impressed by one of the thieves when we played them in stage or in scrims. Uh, maybe we are their kryptonite or something. But um, I do think Abadage is a very good addition. I think he's a great player. To me, he was all, always like very similar to Larsen. Uh, maybe a bit worse, but very similar in playstyle, and I think that's very valuable in a mid laner to have someone like that, uh, being able to play almost anything and always being stable and in always being able to carry no matter the, the game state. Uh, so I think he's a huge asset for the team. Uh, I would I would I would uh, contribute probably most of their improvement this summer to Abudage over Reaper. I, I'm not sure really sure how much Reaper can influence the team. Uh, I'm sure he has his strategies, but I do think Abud like having a a strong mid laner like that would uh, instantly boost a, a team's tier. Uh, so I think it's not too far off that they could be the better, um, more suited for international play than C9. Uh, but I also think C9 is getting a bit undervalued here because I do think C9 showed a lot of good things at MSI, even though the results might not have been the best. So what about TSM though? Because the take obviously from, from the caller here is that it's hundred T's versatility. So, I mean, I don't know if you feel like it, on the yeah. versatility front, do you think that like TSM is not versatile enough to make this stuff happen internationally or to find success? I don't know what you, since you, you consider TSM to be the stronger team. Finn. Well, um, Oh, me. Yes. Uh, do you, because the caller had mentioned that he felt like hundred T it's hundred T's versatility. So I don't know if you buy exactly. that. Hmm. Uh, I think, TSM is a bit more meta-based. I think meta will hit them harder than other teams, maybe. Uh, I think that's just the nature of their solo laners. Maybe, I, I don't know I don't know everything, right? I don't know about TSM. I don't know about how they work. Uh, but I do think that TSM has probably the better players, uh, lane to lane. But, I mean, right. t teams do change when they practice international competition. And is it possible to to predetermine the team's condition coming into an international tournament and seeing how much they will change from the day they arrive at boot camp to the day they play their first game on stage and even to the day like after they've been playing on stage for a week or two i think every team will will change in a different manner so being able to predict who will change more because of their habits and versatility shown in their their own region i think it's hard to to say how much you buy this Mark's Wi-Fi hiccuped. Uh, what? How much do you buy the, the caller's take, Mark? I think you're good now. I'm saying, well, for, on the TSM point also, like, in theory, they should be better when mages are strong and mages kind of suck right now and they're still doing well. So, like, in theory, the meta is already not great for them. I mean, it's, it's good for Huni and Spika and some of the other members on the team, but, you know, PoE is still playing Victor, Ori, and Azir and stuff. And generally, that doesn't seem to be the the meta worldwide right now um so who knows about tsm 100 thieves i agree that they are right now to me at least looking like the best option um for north american success uh i feel like at their peak against other like c9 at their peak or what tl should have been at their peak i think it would have been a more interesting conversation but the fact that all those teams just like, fucking exploded is uh 
<laughs> kind of tragic because yeah. I, I think it would have been a really cool split to be like, oh my God, is Abadage and Reaper enough to level them up to challenge C9 and TL who were kind of clearly the best in spring. And instead, both those teams are like struggling to get a 500 win rate in, in summer, you know? So um, I agree right now. Uh, I feel like there's another world where these teams rebound in time for worlds and we're feeling better about them. Yeah, that's definitely possible. Well, I want to thank Travis because um, he mentioned this like some minutes ago. Uh, that is that, well, I don't think we talk enough about the relevance of being versatile. Sorry for my accent. Um, well, uh, sometimes teams who say uh, that aim for worlds focus only focus on what it works for them. But the reality is that uh, on the international stage, at least, NA hasn't ever dictated the meta outside of worlds experience and that, to me, is something that she'll be more focused on. I mean, to be versatile, to try to play different playstyles, and to be strong in all of them. Um, and that's like a call, um, a call out to TSM and other teams that always try to be the champions and to represent us at the international stage. I mean, it is... It, it is... I mean, Mark, correct me if I'm wrong. Again, I am no, as I will always say, not an analyst. But like, I it do, I do recall all those times where like, especially when we we've, we've sent TL in the past, it's like, oh, they play this like slow met the slow play style where they're just gonna try to like beat you slowly over time, and like it it is it is true that it, it to me at least uh, that we haven't had the most dynamic teams. So you know, perhaps dynamic using being used as a synonym here for versatile. Do you think that there's any accuracy in that oh before that um just to mention uh somebody from twitch like it's true i forgot reversion but despite um in outside of that um everything's uh stands still in my argument yeah just that market yeah i mean um i feel like north america has their moments like you can talk about 2016 MSI, which some of Twitch chat was doing. I think you can even talk about 2018 C9 um, having you know kind of their own identity where they were playing like Lucian Bot in that Freaka series, and you know like I feel like there's those moments, um, but I often feel less about the playstyle and more about, or I guess I should say less about the meta playstyle and more about the confidence or skill with which they play. I'll say less than meta reads. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Hey, Invicta, thanks so much for calling. Is there anything you want to shout out before we take a quick break? Yeah, um, very quick. Uh, to the Yorick Mains Discord. Also, shout out to Neo, because before the LCS broadcast staff decided to put the song names during the commercial pauses, he, um, last semester, made a Spotify playlist named LCS 2021, and some tracks made my mornings while I was traveling to college, so thanks, Neo. Neo, and... like, the, the player? Yeah. He made a Spotify Whoa. playlist called LCS Music or whatever? At least that's how I found it, yeah. That's so, really, oh, I, I've, it's a very funny thing. Uh, so that's cool. Well, shout out to Neo. Um, yeah, and finally, uh, a little shout out to everybody that's from Chile that is listening to Travis Gafford. He's awesome, and yeah. Thank you so much, Invicta. I really appreciate the call. It's very nice of you. Thank you. Goodbye. All right. Well, before we get into our break, I just want to mention in, in my side chat here with Mark, we had a really big week here. FlyQuest, Dig, and TL all had crazy stuff that happened. And uh, we don't have, I guess, anybody in the waiting room yet for 
for that. I think we've gotten a couple takes. Oh, Mark, go ahead. I got to tell, but um, I mean, the one dig take I saw was kind of like, let me defend Dardock. And I was like, I'm going to keep looking. <laughs> I if that's what we end up, I am happy to argue with somebody who wants to defend Dardock. But uh, you wanna, if you want to do the arguing, I don't want to do the arguing. <laughs> well, regard regardless, um, if if people do have any any takes on that stuff, it's it's a surprisingly quiet week, I think, for for caller takes on some of the hottest topics. So there's still time to get your takes in in the Discord chat. Uh, we really appreciate it. You can do exclamation mark Discord in the Twitch chat to get a link to it if you want to go drop your stuff in there either way let's talk about alienware our sponsor they're doing some really great stuff uh you love you love alienware i know i've been shouting out the alienware arena i don't know how many of you guys have have signed up based off of that but i do want to mention it again uh you can go to alienware.com travis and click alienware arena up at the top you have a chance to win cool stuff they do a bunch of giveaways they do a bunch of whole um a bunch, bunch of discounts and all sorts of stuff that you can win there that's a huge uh, part of it, but also one thing that's kind of cool is that uh, Mark soon we don't have it for him yet, uh, but soon he will be having uh, be getting the new X17 Alienware notebook. I'm gonna read off these specs for you guys. He's got an i7 11,000 series or 1100 series. Uh, I think it's 11,000 uh, series uh, Intel CPU, a GeForce RTX 3080, 32 gigs of RAM. Uh, he's going to get a terabyte SSD in there. And then one thing that's really cool, because Mark does a bunch of typing. He's a big typer. He's always writing stuff down. He's raging on my burner accounts. <laughs> yeah, he's doing all sorts of sorts of stuff. And so he, he mentioned wanting to have a good keyboard for this. And uh, they now have, I mentioned this a couple of week, um, a couple months ago, but now, especially in these, this X series, you can upgrade to Cherry MX Ultra Low Profile Mechanical Keys. Uh, which is awesome. So he's going to be having that. So I, he messaged me and was asking if it's in yet. Unfortunately, fortunately, things are uh, not arriving yet at my apartment. But I'm excited for when Mark's able to get that. So if you want the same notebook that Mark Zimmerman games on, rages on, does Hotline League on, go check Alienware.com slash Travis and look up the Alienware X17. So you can, we all want to be more like Mark Zimmerman, uh, I think. Some of us, there's some of us. There's probably a couple of you that would like to be more like Mark Zimmerman. And uh, if you want, you can go get an Alienware X17 so that you can, you could use, screw like playing on what the pros play on, all right? Play on what Mark Zimmerman looks at Reddit on. Uh, that's my suggestion for you guys. Anyway, thanks so much to Alienware for sponsoring the show. And uh, we uh, we love Alienware so much. There's a link in the description on the YouTube. Uh, I was really wondering what you're gonna put for the third thing when you are like, yeah, you can play, you can rage, you can. Oh, I see. Yes. Uh, Mark, this is an ad break that we we're, we have a sponsor. <laughs> Maybe it's time for... Okay, he's left. Great. Okay. Uh, D9TV, thank you for the resub. Uh, John G365, 18 months, a year and a half. Appreciate it. Duke by fall. Thank you for the three. Ollie1, 19, 007 Spy for Life. Thank you for the three months. Always appreciate it. The sun has gone down, and you can tell because Finn no longer has an angry red light uh, yeah. beaconing through his window behind him. California skyline. Yes, the sun The sun has set. Blue Jay is returning the show. Blue Jay, where are you calling from? Calling from Ontario. How are you guys doing? 
Good. I have you turned up a bit, so I'm going to turn you down. Um, what uh, do you want to talk about on the show? Yeah, so my take is that the fall of Dig is one of the saddest stories of 2021 LCS. I think the team was good and did have a shot of going to Worlds, uh, but I don't think they're even a contender anymore, and it's kind of like a punch in the gut to North American fans, um, seeing as we kind of had like an NA team to root for, and it feels like we... I mean, I guess you could still cheer for they them. They still have an NA team. Acadian and NA resident. Yeah, yeah. No, that's still an NA team. It's just uh, the hype is definitely gone. So why do you think they had a chance at going to Worlds? Because I feel like that is uh, a fairly hot take. Yeah, I think that they were just continuously underrated. I thought Dardock actually specifically in summer looked very, very good. Uh, for the record, I don't think that it's a bad move to remove Dardock. I'm not going to pretend that I think they should or they shouldn't have. I don't know exactly what happened. I'm sure it was probably warranted at this point. Um, but yeah, anyways, I think Dardock looked great. I thought Soligo was very underrated in the early going of the season. Um, there was one game uh, that comes to mind where Dardock absolutely popped off on Rumble, and I thought Soligo was a huge part of that uh, with his set, and he didn't really get a lot of credit for it. I think Aphromoo has been continuously underrated, specifically last year and this year. Um, and so, yeah, I just think that they're a good, solid team, and I think that... Their chances of going to Worlds were probably small but respectable, somewhere like 10, 20% range, something like that. They could have slipped in as like the third seed, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. While I wouldn't have put them as a favorite, they had a shot. And I now I think their percentages have gone down to like, I don't know, 1% or some garbage. I don't know. I just think they're really, really bad. All right, Finn. Now's your moment to tell us why Dig had no chance of ever going to Worlds uh, or, or anything. What's your, what's your take on this? And that's fight us for it, so <laughs> it was kind of hard from the beginning, but uh, I do agree. I think Soligo, I always thought was kind of the glue in Dignitas. I thought he he was kind of the guy that was setting up his team for success with sideline hovers or playing the champions that would just, yeah, he's trying to move around on the map a lot. He would play, yeah, he would play the set. He would play these bruisers in a pretty decent uh, manner. Um. What what else is there to say? I mean, they <laughs> they did uh, get rid of Dardock, which I don't know too much about. So um, I don't think Dardock was performing pretty well individually. But there's all every team has issues. Like it doesn't matter what team you're in the world that ha you have issues. Uh, Damwon has issues. FPX has issues. CLG has issues. TSM has issues. Uh, Who's and, the problem and... child on CLG? Who's, who's the problem who's the big, child? Yeah, who's the big rager on CLG? <laughs> uh, I don't think we have any, any problem child. Oh, okay. I, it's Broxa. <laughs> it's certainly not Broxa. <laughs> Broxa. Broxa is as wholesome as they get. But maybe, maybe we do need a problem child. Maybe that's our issue. But uh, in the end, I do think the way Dignus has dealt with their issues to them made it make sense. To, to them maybe made sense, and we will never know what happened if they didn't do what they did. Uh, but in the end, they believe that this is the best way for them to move forward, and yeah, we'll see how it goes. So for me, I have no problem with them saying, like, this is, we, the, um, this is what we think is our best roster and our best chance to win. If that's what they believe, fine. But I don't know if, did you guys hear the explanation from Bakery uh, on Doublelifts and Medio Sneakies? Did you get any oh, did he? That? He went on. So I heard he went on their stream. Yeah. I did not hear what he said. I saw the the Twitter post. What, what, what were you gonna say, Mark? I, I 
only watched the Reddit clip, but it was clearly like a subsection of a much larger conversation. So I didn't, I didn't see everything. What, what can you tell us about it, Blue Jay? I, I just think that he was looking way too much at the positives or shining way too much light on the positives while just completely ignoring the negatives. So like, I'm going to paraphrase here, but one of the things he said was like, we think Saligo will improve with more games to work on his stuff. And we think Yusui will improve by playing against better competition. It's like, well, of course, those are the good positives, but you could totally make the argument that it's switched around that like, well, now Saligo isn't playing against the better competition and now Yusui is getting less games, right? So like, I think he's just completely ignoring the down or the negative parts to that swap and just pretending that everything's going to be okay but at the end. But like, I totally agree with what Finn said two minutes ago that I think Saligo was the glue that held this team together. And I think that, well, now that you've lost your better jungler and your better mid, I, I think that they're just looking way, way worse. One, one thing I will say is I definitely feel like this split, because we've seen so many roster changes, it has done a good job of illustrating how the teams need to figure out a better way to message all this stuff because like please oh i was ready to pop off about this go ahead. i have i have yet to find mark out if you really want to pop off i'll let you have it go for it no i i just mean like the the one that killed me was the fly quest one you know like i knew about that roster swap and everyone in, in the scene who gets access to the roster documents got knew about that roster swap Saturday night at 8 p.m. because, you know, teams have to declare their starting lineup. That gets sent to all the teams. I forget who played them that day, but assuming they checked it, they would have known that they were playing those players. And so there's no reason not to announce it, like, once that goes out. And technically, I could probably just leak it if I wanted to. There's nothing stopping me from doing that. But I, I held back. I waited to see what FlyQuest was going to say. They fucking tweet at 1 p.m. when the show starts because they don't want people talking about the fact they just benched all their players. This is me reading between the lines. But, like, why else would you tweet literally as late as possible when we're about to announce it on the show that, like, they've just benched three of their players? And then their tweet is just like, hard work pays off putting in three of our academy players. Woo! <laughs> and you're like, really? It doesn't have anything to do with the fact that you're fucking 0-6 in your last, like, you're on a six-game slide, huh? You're just not going to acknowledge that? Like... Come on, it just it just treats your fans like they're fucking morons and they don't deserve trans like, you know. Hey, we're in a really tough time right now. You know, right now our focus is on finding out who is like the best options for like I don't know how you want to say it. There's ways to navigate that. It just oh, it just kills me that like these teams have just turned into like the heart like anytime an academy player comes in right now, it's just like they deserve their shot. Basically Immortals did that legitimately legit once for pretty and it made sense and since then people have just been using that well what do wait do you think eg is using that like because the contracts thing seems legit from the outside do you think that it is not also a portion of wondering if he is a better option than spence garen spence garen has been very low impact for I mean, pretty I much this year so i think that the contracts thing I just makes sense i feel like they if that was if they were really doing that they would not be, I would say it's an unwise decision to keep reiterating Sven Skarin is our starter. Sven Skarin is our starter. Because if you really want to test him out and then you decide like, wow, contracts killed it, it's going to feel really bad whenever you said that and then you bring him in later. I, I mean, I did an interview with... Teams, with, teams have never gone against what they said. No, no, I know. I'm just saying that it would be a bad idea. Now agreed that the LCS teams frequently have bad ideas, especially around communication as we're talking about right now, or like outwards communication, probably in-game communication too, for what it's worth. But um, I, <laughs> I, I think, 
Well, I mean, I I will also mention I interviewed Peter Dunn, and that'll that'll hit the channel. And he he seemed to really reiterate the idea of like contracts is sort of like a secret weapon they can pull out at different times to like mess with people. He said they would have done it. He said if he had known that Armeo was coming in before he could submit his roster thing, he would have uh, put him in against Armeo because Armeo. I guess contracts said like shit on Armeo earlier the week in, in academy, according to Peter. I don't know. Here's um, something I would do too as a, as a coach. Like you don't, if you're not 100 percent confident in contracts, you don't want to lose uh, Svenskeren's trust. So like how you message it does matter. I don't want to pretend like oh just tell him that you think, you know you're you're not sure who's the better starter long term and you're doing a, a position battle. Like, I mean because that's that's what it reads to me like between the lines. Because also, uh, I mean we'll we'll talk about this when the when the year's over. Well, I was going to talk about the, the, the dig stuff because, like, it's funny that the Flyquist one hits you because the dig one hit me. And Bakery seems like a very nice guy. I don't know what he said on, like, the the double lift one. But, my God, the video they put out was so – I feel like it's a ver even worse version of what you you mentioned with the Flyquest one where they're like, Dardock is not going to be here anymore. But good news, like – Acadian, they, they tried to position it as if Acadian was always the better option almost. You know, the way they phrased it, it's like, okay, well, if Acadian was all these amazing things, why didn't you play him previously? Obviously, I don't expect them to come and be like, and now we have to deal yeah. with Acadian, but it's just weird the way they focused on, like, yeah. all his great qualities. What were you, Finn, you were going to say something? Uh, I mean, it's hard because what do you want them to do? Like, what, 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 Well, so here's, here's the other, okay, I get it with the Acadian thing a little yeah. bit. But the other thing that was weird is they're like, and good news, we're bringing our coaching staff into L.A. And we've got, like, the world's greatest uh, sports psych or whatever. And <laughs> then in the follow-up replies, it became clear that, like, their esports, their coaching staff had one. Like, it's not – if you're Dig and you're telling people, like, good news, we've decided to relocate our full coaching staff to L.A., it's kind of like, well, why didn't you do that in the first place? And also, it, they had the sports psych since the beginning of summer. So to, like, sort of announce this stuff now, weeks later, because you're trying to, like, pad the the Dardock thing, it just felt... Look, I, I get that this stuff is really difficult. But I will also say that, like, teams are going to... One, if you have Dardock in your team, probably have a breaking case of emergency, like, envelope that has the the little messaging that you need, you know, you could spend a couple days figuring this out, whatever you sign them. Cause like that might come in handy, but two, um, <laughs> two, like I, teams are going to make roster changes. Like they just need to figure out a better way to do this stuff because I don't think they're doing it in a way that sounds particularly satisfying. Ironically, cloud nine's messaging around Sven. I feel like they got the least heat for it because Jack came out, said it, and maybe it's just that they've made so many roster changes previously, but I don't know. Finn, do you think I'm an asshole for saying all this or just, uh, dis you know, disconnected not, from what's I actually mean, going not, on? Not really. I think I think you always have to be willing as an org to get, like, criticism and how you handle things. And I think the way to do it is obviously not optimal. Uh, I do think it's really hard for an org to to do everything perfect. I mean, people are going to get mad about something. No matter what you say, people are going to get triggered. Uh Especially when you bench like a, a player that has been performing well, and you have to give a reason for it, but they can't really disclose all the details. People will get pissed, and yeah, I mean, they just have to take it and, and then try to move on. <laughs> yeah, think. no, it's fair. 
Yeah, I, uh, I feel like one of the things, this, this is also something that Travis and I bitch a lot about in general, is like the storylines and the turnover and how like there's not a ton of footholds for fans to latch onto. And I think that's one of the reasons that in particular the split with the amount of moves that both of us on the outside are like, oh, you're, like the fans just don't have anything to like, you know, when Sven, when Sven just is off, off for no reason for three weeks, you know, like with no, with no messaging, if you're a fan, uh, fan of Sven, it just feels pretty shit. So that's why we're like, please, like just give your, your fans something more. Like if you were a fan of Licorice and he's not playing this game and it's just like Kumo's coming in. Cause he's playing real good and you're like well is it like a position battle is this something that i like if i'm a licorice fan he might i might not see him the rest of the split you know like you just you're like i don't know i guess i watch kumo now yeah yeah i mean it's it is tough it's just really tough i mean it, it reminds me of the time uh what was um what was the ser- oh eyes on or whatever like it it's it's tough <laughs> when after eyes on yeah well because it's, it's also just a thing where like all of us you know, myself, Mark, the broadcast, everybody. It's like we we exist in this weird outer world from what's actually happening in the games where we're like, our goals are just to make people care about these players and these games and like what's happening uh, because it's incredibly important. And it, it's really frustrating, I think, for us whenever, you know, it's you're just like, great. You know, like we really try to build some fandom. And now, now you know, we changed 50% of the league last year to this year. Uh, apparently during the split, we're also changing 50% of the league with all the players coming in and out. Uh, Isn't that crazy? Like, it's yeah. insane to me how many roster changes are happening in, in both European and A. Uh, it's, I don't know. I think I've never seen anything like this before. Yeah, do I you think... guys think it's like... Do, do you think it's because people are getting impatient and they really want results? Because franchising has been around for a while now and they're like, okay, we got to get something going. Or do you think it's just because every team is just a complete mess on the inside? I, I'm actually surprised. I think there's probably, I think it's a combination of things. I think it's kind of the opposite of what you first mentioned. I don't think it's teams getting impatient. I think there's a lot of teams that are like, like, I don't think Yoto's like, we're going to go to Worlds this year. I'm sure he'd love to, but it's easy for him to try to like bring in an academy player because like, one, you know, he there's a good chance he can make playoffs anyway. And two, like he is building this development roster. And like FlyQuest probably doesn't think that they're going to go. So it's just... I think teams are more willing to be like, okay, well, we're not spending a bajillion dollars like Andy Din, um, so I guess we can we can change, we can make changes. Also, there's way more games, so maybe it feels a little, a little less spooky because they, each game matters less than before because there's more of them. And and again, the playoffs uh, stuff where like eight teams go through. I just think it's it's easy. I mean, whenever I talked to did the interview with Peter, the thing he said is he's like. He almost doesn't care about these games as long as they can get top eight because, like, he really feels like it's just about, like, it's summer's literally just about preparing yourself for these playoffs because. I agree. Yeah. So that, I think. That's what, that's what keeps us going. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's what yes. keeps us going. I, I, I think if we, if we're able to become a top three team by playoffs, then we're going to make it to Worlds. That's, like, the simple version of it. Like if you're a top three team in the night by playoffs, you're gonna make it to worlds. So there is hope. Yeah. Uh, I do think it's a bit weird because the way I would see it, if I was, for example, in the FlyQuest way, I, I I would think that you want to get as many games as possible with the team, and you kind of want to figure out what teams you want to build around for next year. Yeah. And you kind of figure out what what is working and what is not working. And I feel like by constantly switching members, you're not really getting a baseline 
where you can kind of figure out what is actually going pushing you forward as a team and what is actually like kind of stopping you from from going forward and improving and finding out your baseline and what is actually worth building around should be of highest prior to me that, that that's i mean i'm not a gm i'm just a player uh but that's just the way i see it <laughs> no, I, I think you're right because because like let's you know be honest is FlyQuest going the worlds even if they they stay in the top eight nope probably not you know so like isn't it more critical to your point finn to develop for the future and have these position battles about is it kumo is it licorice is it is it tomo is it johnson you know like and doing the three two roster swap is weird because now you just have a totally different mid jungle i think there's a dynamic with jose diodo being an import signing with a large fan base about benching him for nxi who's still a little young but nx i, I was casting FlyQuest academy games they're fucking pretty like decent like if you put the main squad up against the academy squad i actually bet it would pre be pretty close right now um and so like i'd almost rather just see them have put the whole academy roster in if you actually are doing these kind of position you know attempts to figure out who you want to build around next year and stuff and i feel like that would be a more compelling story for me as a fan of north america than just like a, we put these guys in to reward them for hard work in Academy. I don't know. Yeah, well, the only I mean, thing... Oh, go ahead, Finn. I've, I've kind of had the experience in both of those in Rogue 2019. Because in Rogue 2019, in Spring was a bit of a disaster. Uh, and then they did bring up me and Vander for like six games in Spring. And it was like, it didn't really make a significant impact. We won like some games instead of going completely winless. And... Sure, that's nice, but in in general, the they did see the like actual big improvements when you brought up the whole academy team for summer, and I think you have a lot more building blocks doing that, and you have a lot more uh, to to work around the coming year if you if you do it this way. So I I, th I think I agree with you there, Mark. Well, I'm glad. I think this sparked a great discussion, Blue Jay. So I really appreciate it. Uh, despite your critics on Reddit, uh, don't let any of them say anything bad about you, Blue Jay. I always take enjoy <laughs> your takes. Thanks, uh, man. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> is there uh, is there anything you want to shout out before we go on to the next caller? I'll just do two quick thoughts. You're, when you guys were talking about transparency, it made me wonder what things would have looked like if this was 100 Thieves, who's gotten a bunch of criticism around transparency in the past. So that was one thought. Um, what was my, oh yeah, my last thought was, what do you guys think about Dardock? Is this his last shot or are we going to keep this going and he's going to find another team? And Mark, do we have a Dardock take? We have a Dardock, we have a Dardock okay, caller. Okay. Yeah. All right, then yeah, scrap that. I'll be listening. All right. Thanks, thanks a lot. Right, I'll catch guys. you next time. See you guys. See you. Okay. Uh, Mark is off to grab our next caller. Uh, thank you to, uh, Mirkov for the resub. Tazelos for the resub. Daddy, please spank me for the nine months. Vienna for the resub. Salamander 246810 and Wild for the resub. 32 months. We love our our subs. They all have great names. Uh, by the way, I saw Thix and Wild and Vienna in the chat and Papa Smithy. So shout out to all the uh, friends that we see in the chat right now. Always happy to see I don't know if Vienna and, and Thix are still here. Maybe they popped in for a second and then disappeared, but good good to see you. Okay, Labuda is here. Labuda, you've been on the show before, yes? 
Yeah, I was the G2 guy and always talking smack about TSM. Yes, okay, okay. What do you want to talk about on the show? So I am here to shamelessly defend Darduck. Oh, you're the caller that Mark was... Yeah, uh... I figured we just get it out of the way. Okay, okay. Uh, go for it. So, <clears throat> I, I kind of got to caveat this, though, because I, I understand that, you know, Darduck is a toxic individual and... They didn't just kick him for no reason, obviously. He must have done something. But, like, unless he went back there and just, like, beat the living shit out of Yusui or something, I don't think that you can just, all right, we're going to cut ties and uh, forfeit the entire season. Like, he's proven that he can play within, like, a toxic environment. Like, he played with Kuni Top, Demonte. Demonte, the split that he got banned for toxicity, and Phoenix was playing too. Like, that was, like, the mental boom squad. And they almost made it to Worlds. They brought him into a winless environment. He turned them into a playoff team. And even then, they were being super questionable. Like, when they benched Lorlo and brought in uh, Viper, who, to be frank, was kind of terrible, um, he still made it work. They come into this split. They, you know, they bring in Saligo and everyone. They're looking great. They were 13-5 and five at one point. And, like, I know that he kind of ran it during playoffs. Like, like, literally, where he was, like, emoting and sprinting it down. Uh, against 100 Thieves, but, like, they seem to have worked through that just fine. They they had a rocky, you know, rocky few games. And then out of nowhere, boom, we're benching Saligo. Okay. And I'm, I'm assuming at that point, Dardock probably went back there and, like, voiced his opinions probably way too loudly to either the players, the management, or the coaches. And that's probably what got him booted. But, like, I don't see, like, being the management of Dignitas, I don't see how you can expect to retain any fans pretty much getting rid of your best player or one of your best players and then benching probably arguably arguably your best player and then just being like okay well we're gonna try to spin this as positively as possible and be I, i'd probably say the second worst team in the league right like there's there's they're probably just not gonna make playoffs now and like i kind of wanted to ask you guys like would you rather like kind of have like this toxic player but be winning games or just you know do a pr stunt but be, you know, absolutely terrible. Well, I, I, uh, I'm going to throw it to, to Finn and Mark in a second, but I will just say you, you're kind of creating a false dichotomy because it's not like they were winning games and we're just stomping everyone and best in the league. I bet you there's a lot of players and we'll hear from Finn in a second who would be like, yeah, I'll play with like the world's biggest asshole. If it means that I'm going to worlds on the number one team and we're going to kick ass. Uh, so I think it's, you're creating a bit of a, like, well, you either have Dardock and you're doing great. It's like, they were, I mean, they were in the middle of the pack team. They were, they were doing well and beating expectations for them, but they were not like this crazy, you know, top three team when they, they had them. Right. But you're, you're going from, we possibly have world's positioning to they're going to be the worst team in the league. Like, right. Like you're suing Acadian, uh, you know, unless we're talking about the FlyQuest game have just looked just got awful right like they just they haven't been able to put anything together whereas right. like you said they were a middle of pack of the team like they actually had a, uh, a decent okay shot i guess to worlds uh, mark i mean i was going to acknowledge just how in chat back to back one person says this caller is delusional 100 percent, and the literal next comment says this caller is 100 percent woke so uh <laughs> i mean that's the funny thing about hotline league is like every are the critics of the show will say the callers are all so bad or something, but they generally speaking mean completely different callers. And it's very funny because it's a hot take show. And so people are all, I don't know, it's all over the place. 
Yeah, I, I feel like this is a, a bit of a public sentiment that goes around. It's like the, the Reddit sleuths have built the timeline as detectives, and it's that Dardock was, you know, not great probably, but manageable on Dignitas until they benched Saligo, and he disagreed with it, and that was his boy. And then, uh, you know, Yasui played the Ezreal mid-game, and he, he flipped out, and, you know, people say, like, you know, it's a little bit more justifiable in this context where you feel like your management just blew up your team's chances of performing well. Um, that, I would say, is the charitable version of, you know, whatever happened behind the scenes because we don't know. I feel like that's that's one of the better readings you can give it. You know, the other one is just like, I don't know, he flipped out after a loss. Or Saligo didn't want to play with Dardock. Like there's a whole like there's a lot of assumptions that are being made and you can kind of make them all over the place. Uh, by the way, I'm not saying that's the I haven't heard that, right? But like the if if you're going to say I mean, Mark, you're making a face. You don't well, think I'm just saying I don't think Saligo was like I can't play with Dardock, put me on academy. I, I'm, I like I'm, all I'm saying is if, if the caller can pull an assumption, if Redditors can pull an assumption out of thin air, I feel like, you know, I can pull an assumption out of thin air too. Like it doesn't, who knows if that's actually what it is. Now, if Dardock has gone on the record somewhere and said this, which like, I don't know, maybe there's a chance he'll, he'll go on his, his tour soon and like, you know, flame all the teams he's been on or something. But like, I, I, I get it, but like, I don't, there's, to me, that's not like a thing that's out there. People are just kind of assuming it. I mean, at the end of the day, we don't know what he did. It seemed like it, it was kind of like, it seemed drastic given the interview that you did with Coach Jimmy the week before and then benched and off the team a week later. And the way it, Bakery said it in the video is like, we, there's no space on Dignitas for somebody, like I'm paraphrasing, but he made it sound like something happened that was unacceptable. Um, it wasn't just like, oh, he was toxic for six months and then someone finally snapped. It was more like, out of the blue, something seemed to have happened. So right. who knows? But, but uh, I don't Finn, know. Finn, what have you heard? Just, What's yeah, going around the player opinion. rumor mill? Uh, uh, well, I mean, you can never know the full story with these things. I mean, I, I've said it before that every team has their issues, and it's true. I think Dardock obviously maybe wasn't the best teammate, but I think you need to be able to take quite a lot of shit as a pro player if you want to actually become better. Uh, there's a lot of like harsh criticism going on you have to be able to deal with it uh i don't know what Dardock did I, I i honestly don't know i don't know if it was justifiable maybe it was maybe it wasn't but i don't really like speculating about things i don't really know about uh obviously they think that Dardock's existence on the team would be a liability for the chances of winning uh, so they got rid of him and to me that that's all there is to it <laughs> yeah yeah. Just from a, like a Dignitas fan point of view, it just feels like they the org doesn't really care about winning. They're just like, well, someone's feelings got hurt. We're gonna move on from this player, and we're gonna be a last place team and kind of accept it. That and that that seems to be the the sentiment that I saw because I thought I was like looking at their Twitter Twitter threads and it's just comment after comment like, hey, good job, dumbasses, you got rid of your best player. Like, we don't you know we don't want to follow you anymore. Uh, I mean, I do like the initial question, though. I mean, we talked about it being a false dichotomy, but at least, like, you know, you don't have clarity, but let's say you were on a team like Dignitas and you had a player who was probably better than this, the other option but was not great to work with. Um, do you have a preference? Like, are you thick-skinned and you just be like, fuck it, whatever, like, this guy gives me the best chance, or would you be, like, more team atmosphere-focused? Me? Yeah, on a personal level for you, oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, I, I would always choose the the guy that is like good, you know, but he's like mentally ill. <laughs> okay, no, okay, oh I want to say mentally ill. <laughs> this 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 is just like uh, I, 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 okay, mentally ill is such a strong word. I'm sorry for using that. Um, no, I, I I would say I would take someone that's like really good, but has like very strong opinions and will probably. Because what I think happened is that Dardic had very strong opinions and he tried to make everyone on the team behave from his opinions. Like, the, he tried to dictate the team around him. Uh, people didn't like that. Uh, people thought that there, there were better things to do, be done. And uh, that was like the clash of opinion. Uh, but I, I would always rather play with like someone that knows what they want to do and has like a, a goal in mind. Because I think that is important if you want to become better. Uh, and uh, Dalek probably had that, but I mean, no one. He probably he was probably lacking in some other areas, but as I said, I don't know anything like really. Uh, I do think Dalek is a pretty good jungler, especially considering like any standard. I think he's quite good, and it is a bit weird to see him off a team, considering he's probably better than most other any junglers uh, well, around the block. Well, I just I just want to say because I saw some somebody was memeing in chat saying like I don't like Dardock or something. I actually love. And I've said this many times before. I love when Dardock is in the league, especially when he he hasn't done much content. He's been kind of quiet um, recently, but like great personality, very confident guy. I think it's great. Labuda, here's one. I think that one of the biggest pieces of evidence against. Look, I don't think your criticism of saying like Dig doesn't care about winning is a fair one. Perhaps I would agree with that if if Dardock didn't have the history that he did. I think the criticism of Dig that should be being made is like, why did you think this was going to go any different for you? Like, given the how this has occurred over and over and over again, it seems to always come to this head. Like, I think that's the bigger thing. But it's hard for me to assume that, like, Dardock, when you've had so many teams that have made the same decision over and over again with Dardock, like, it, it's hard because his, his Yelp score is not looking too good. Uh, at that point in time, I assume that the food is got some delivery issues or something um, because yeah. it's just not it's just not there. And like I can't disagree with that. Like I'm not like like you know I'm not like delusional. Like I understand that like Dardock definitely has his issues, but it's just very strange to me that you bring in like a player like Dardock and then you go, hey guys, look, now we brought in the world's best psychologist or esports psychologist. It's like why didn't you do that beforehand? Like you guys mentioned, earlier, they did like, it before. They did you, it during the start of summer. Player. Yeah. Yeah, I. Uh, oh, yeah, they. So they had said that he'd been here since the start of summer, which like it's only been several weeks, so it's not like this person comes in, but it's not. Sounds yeah. like that guy blew it up. It was going fine in spring. <laughs> or they brought him in because they felt like they needed somebody. Uh, well, you know, we can only speculate, but I don't know. I just think it's ironic because like uh, I love I love Fifth Flaren as well. He's a very nice guy. He's uh, running the esports side of the the dig uh, organization, but like it's Swedish as well. He, yeah, yes, Finn knows him from his uh, competitive time and his time situation in CSGO, but uh, he he very much, like, stood behind Dardock and was like, this is our guy, and I think I did an interview with him at the start of the year around, like, this, and it's just, it's so funny how, it you know, it always just seems to happen, um, so, I don't know. Hey, Labuda, thanks so much for the call. Uh, I guess I, I respectfully disagree a little bit. I, I also, by the way... I can tell you, Dig probably does care about winning. Um, so I, I guess I disagree with you on that. But we'll see. Is there anything you want to shout out before we take a quick break? 
Oh, uh, yeah, just thanks for having me on. It's always nice to be here. Shout out, Finn. It's nice seeing you guys performing well, and I hope you guys keep going up. Thank you. Very good. Thanks, Thanks guys. Yep. All right. We're going to take a uh, quick... Oh, go ahead, Mark. Before you take a quick commercial break, someone said, what if we combine Bro Broxa and Dardock into one jungler? And on the one hand, maybe they're going to, like, you know, yin and yang it together. But on the other hand, what if it's, like, uh, harmony? You know, it just makes it harder to act. Very, like very good, cut. very good point, Mark. He, uh, you know, Dardock is, uh, is he's ruined. He dark, Darksa, Darksa, Brodock, Brodock, is just stuck because he wants to be a strong leader and yell at people, but instead he's too worried about hurting feelings, and so it all whatever. This I'm making oh, yeah. a lot of assumptions about Broxa. Don't take Broxa away from me. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, okay, we're gonna take a Twitch chat. Try still trying to figure out how to merge their names. Okay, Brock. Uh, port, yeah, Brock. Brock is a good one. Uh, a what is it? A portmanteau? Portman? How do you say? It? Anyway, all right. Let's talk about. I've got a very interesting game fuel uh, sponsorship call for this this time. All right, so I'm gonna talk about something uh, from Game Fuel. Yeah, we're going full screen on this. I became a Gamefield partner about five months ago or so, so, towards the start of the year. And when I looked at the Gamefield list of partners, which you can do so at, at Gamefield.com, you can scroll down, you see all these these faces, right? You see all these names. And, uh, you know, some really impressive people here. They've done a lot of stuff. But if you had to, you know, upon seeing all these these names that are on this uh, this roster, no, oh, no offense, by the way, to Finn, who... Uh, is I guess technically a part of this. Oh, he, he, good, he's gone. So we don't. He doesn't need to hear me. But if you had to say who is the the most good-looking and athletic person on this lineup, you would probably, almost certainly, definitely say me. And so that's why, like, if you click my my page, you know, you scroll down. Fun facts: I am the most athletic and good-looking influencer on the Gamefield roster. Right? Makes makes perfect sense makes perfect sense okay so that's why like when, later on i i click on partners and guess what i click this courage picture and this is very offensive to me fun facts i am the most athletic and good looking influencer on the game field roster so okay i was just gonna let that slide i was literally just gonna let that slide however something has happened in the past week or so which is that courage now has his own uh, flavor of game feel. And I've got it right here and I've been drinking it. And, uh, one of the things that I hate about it is that it's actually really good. Um, it's called courageous sherbet and they have, uh, a zero calorie version and also the, the regular version of it. Uh, but it's like a limited time thing. And so, you know, I'm just sitting here being like, wow, uh, when am I going to get my flavor? It's really frustrating, but you know, I was going to be happy for him, etc. except for, Except for, I just found out, I'm gonna go full screen so hopefully you guys can see this. This is what they send to everybody who gets um, one of them. They send this nice note and look what it says at the bottom. And in case you forgot, I'm the most athletic and good looking influencer on the game field roster. So I'm just fuming right now. I am like, it is, it is absolutely incredible to me, the gall of this guy. Uh, you know, he's sitting here, he's got his own flavor and he is trying to you know show me up so i had a, a suggestion my first idea was 
I should just tell everybody, hey, do not buy his flavor, his can, uh, because, <laughs> you know, like, uh, screw that guy. But then I realized and remembered that I'm sponsored by GameFuel and telling people not to purchase their product is a really bad way to retain a sponsor. Uh, so then I came up with a different idea, which is I'm going to ask all of you to please, and again, there's a, a zero version and a regular version, please go purchase this flavor uh, on the site. You can find it uh, at gamefield.com. And then what you can do is you can use code Travis because they track the code usages on the back end. And how embarrassing for courage would it be if when they look, they find that everyone who's purchasing his flavor is actually somebody who follows me and cares about me. And then let's embarrass them even more by going on social media. And when you get your case, letting them know that you got it because of me. And then what's going to happen is that perhaps game fuel will feel like uh, I deserve my own flavor. Um, and that's my master plan. So please, all of you listening, uh, if you've ever tried game fuel before, if you have go purchase, uh, the courageous sherbet flavor in courageous sherbet or zero uh, version, and uh, use code Travis at checkout, and then tweet at Game Fuel and let them know uh, that you did this in honor of, in honor of again, the most. Hang on, how can I? Let's see, let's see. The most courageous, or sorry, not the most courageous. Oh, I mean, I'm courageous too. The uh, the most athletic and good looking influencer on the Game Fuel roster. Travis Gafford. All right. That's that's my request. Thank you to Gamefield for sponsoring the show. Uh, and let's get back into things. Now there's a link in the description, by the way, the YouTube video if you want to if you want to do that. <clears throat> Alright, I'm good now. Let's go, Travis. Thank you. Finn Finn, I appreciate your support. I was uh, gonna say I, I was accidentally muted there, which was good, so i will just not say what I said. Okay. Good. Well, Mark's already left the channel. <sighs> I'm sorry. I just get uh, worked up sometimes. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's okay, Travis. It's okay. Yeah. Sorry. I had a uh, an angry gamer moment. Uh, Dr. Noli, thank you for the resub. Nine months. Appreciate it. Uh, Mark is back with Trevor V. Trevor V, where are you calling from? I am from Langley, BC, which is just east of Vancouver. That's in Canada. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess there is a Vancouver and Washington, so I'm glad you called it out. Uh, I hear it's very, very hot there right now. It is boiling hot. It is 42 degrees Celsius today, which is about 108 Fahrenheit. Yeah. Ooh, you guys are setting in that area. No, no, no. Yeah. I I don't have AC. I don't think most people here have AC. It is. It's been bad. It's yeah. been very bad. Well, I hope everyone is uh, is safe. Um, you know, it's as much as it is fun to make make fun of the the heat wave. Like I also know there's some safety stuff there, so hopefully everyone's able to stay cool and figure out solutions if they uh, have some health stuff. So either way, but hey, Trevor, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, so I just wanted to respond to the last caller who was kind of defending Dardock. First of all, I know this wasn't my original question, but I, uh, I've been in high ELO solo queue for a very long time, and I do not think Dardock is enjoyable to play with. I'm just going to put that out there. But uh, that aside, 
I wanted to thank you guys for having me on, and I was wondering how you feel about all chatting in LCS matches. As a fan, I didn't know that it was really a thing, but because of ProView, now we see, you know, a bunch of pro players are all chatting XD and whatnot, and I think it's pretty toxic, but I wanted to know how you feel about it. Like, how would you feel if the enemy all chatted XD? How would you feel if your uh, teammate all chatted XD? Like, how, like, what would you do, man? Like, that'd be kind of rough, no? I mean, I, uh, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I have been in games where people have done things in the chat that I did not appreciate. So uh, I've, I've experienced this. I think a lot of people who've played League of Legends have experienced this before. Um, so you came to the right place. Uh, Finn, you're smiling. What do you think of all that? And how, how is, are more people doing it now because of the, the uh, pro view stuff? I don't know, but I, it takes me back to, to summer playoffs 2019, where we played Splice. Uh, and I think it was game one, where I think North Scarum was in like Volibear, and we were like completely like we're stomping them. And then Vander like all shots, something like Volibear pick working out great, as we're like, as we're like setting up the map, it, it's, it's not like even as we're destroying the Nexus, like mid-game, like 50 minutes into the game, we're like com in complete control. And after that, after that comment, like Norsh Garen was, he felt completely invisible the whole, whole series. So there was like some insane mental damage going on there, I think, from Vander. And I just remember that, that, like, and I also remember in another game, the, the upcoming season after that, Norsh Garen tried to like hit back with something. Uh, oh, I remember. Vander was playing Tom Kenshin and like ulted me into into my own death or something. And and, and Norskern hit back in all chat, I don't remember what he wrote. Uh we still won that game, so it was kinda well, funny. Like, aren't those examples evidence that it's great to have all chat for pros? Dude, I love it. <laughs> yeah. uh, you, 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 if, if you get too affected by these things, then I think you you, you have to you, you take yourself too serious. <laughs> I, I will just say that EU t EU players are like famously toxic though, so of course you love it, right? Like, in NA we we aren't like that. We like to we, we're a little more sensitive over here. So I don't know if, I don't know how your teammates feel about it. No, I mean, oh Mark sad, Mark sad. <laughs> I, f I think you just gotta. I mean, if you're a pro pro player and get like offended by these things, I think you you haven't really seen the worst yet and. You just have to get used to it. <laughs> is it a yeah, is it a competitive disadvantage for CLG? Because you guys have such nice people on the team. Yeah, that, I, like... I, I kind of wish we had a trash talker that was like just battling the guys in the enemy team, just talking smack. That's such a thing in, in pro sports is that there's always like you always have the guy who runs his fucking mouth for the whole team. Some teams have multiple of them, but you need yeah. at least one guy on the team who's going to be the shit talker. Yeah, dude, I love the advantage of this. I, I felt so powerful. I felt like we like we had a complete mental advantage over the other team after after we got that uh, that thing off. Wait, Mark, oh, I I want to ask you. So, so I've got, we're going to take the the caller's take and go in the opposite direction, which is send me in the chat. I, God, I, I can't find it right now, but they wrote they should show all chat on the broadcast. And I'm curious if you think that they should do that because right now you only see it whenever it comes out. But I can imagine you can imagine like Captain Flowers and Kobe casting, and then like somebody comes out and like types something and they see it in the chat. And I feel like that's that's such a great moment for the cast, you know? I mean, like yes, asterisk because I don't know how hard people go in all chat right now, like with the <laughs> profanity. Um, so I can understand if if it's profane, you have to be a little careful. 
But otherwise, like, I mean, when I'm watching basketball and like two people are near like one of these microphones and someone blocks someone and you hear like this microphone pick up, like, get that shit out of here, boy. And you know, like, it's just so fucking funny. And so like, someone get two V1s a gank or one V2s a gank, you know, like, I just want to, I want to, I want to see whoever just turned that gank around, talk some shit back at them. Dude, uh, I, I don't, I don't get why they don't do mic checks in LA anymore. I think that was my favorite kind of content before. I mean, I think they gave it to the teams, right? The teams do a lot of that now. Oh, I see. Is that how it works? I mean, I don't... I'm sorry. I'm not trying to speak and say that that's why the broadcast... But, like, there are, a lot of the teams do do their own mic checks now. So maybe maybe the LCS felt like they didn't need to do it I as see. much or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, get, I get that. I mean, either way, I, I agree. I mean, we only... The only time I can remember doing a mic check recently was with the TSM base race. And it wasn't even like a meme thing. It was just, it was just cool. So mm -hmm. I, I like mic checks. I'll, you know what? I'll bring it up next, next meeting. Let's do more mic checks. Thanks. There Mark. you go. Appreciate yeah. it. No problem. See? Let's get Finn, the first one. Uh, next, next week, you better say some funny shit. Cause otherwise you're just going to roll like this dead air. Yeah. <laughs> That's hopefully we pick We're going to chime in on Finn. Here's a clip of Finn on hotline leak saying he really wants it. So let's see what Finn said. And it's just complete silence the entire game. Uh, <laughs> on, on the topic, though, I mean, like, the G2, like, there were a lot of great memes when ProView first came out with this stuff, like the G2 shop stuff. People were open things. Like, uh, I think it's all just, like, uh, enhances the product for fans. And for pros, I think to Finn's point, like, you, you're in theory, over the course of your career, you're going to play in some high-profile matches. You're going to win some. You're going to lose some. Like, what's probably going to hurt way more is the, that and the fans more than, like, in some regular season game, someone shit-talking you, like, tongue-in-cheek and stuff. Like, I, I feel like I don't think pros would actually get too put out about it. Well, I almost want them to, right? Because, like, people talk a lot about how these post-games are so boring. Imagine somebody, like, d does an XD early on in the game and, uh, you know, the, the laner against them gets super frustrated but then they end up winning. You know, how likely is it that that person is going to like pop off in the post game afterwards? It also give people something to talk about. Like La Tigers could come out and be like, if, if, especially if they showed it on, on, on air and be like, Oh, so we saw some banter coming out from like Jazuke. Uh, what did you think about that? Jensen? I feel like Jensen would be so much more likely to be like, Oh yeah, you know he can XD in the chat all he wants, but like I ended up winning lane or something. I I think that stuff would be great. To your point about the profanity mark stuff, I just feel like all they need to do is like, you know, same thing in traditional sports, right? They there are limits on what you can do before you get fined, and so I feel like that's fine. It's like just don't drop like f bombs or something in the chat. Um, I don't just know. fine them. There you go. Yeah, you just I mean, have a lot. I mean, also, let's do better than XD. That's kind of boring. That's kind of tame. Like, let's, let's get a bit more creative than that. Like, I'm XD never... is... XD is as basic as it gets. I, I think Dardo can do better. I, <laughs> I, I think the fact that that's what the caller came in as is, like, these NA players saying XD. Yeah. You know, uh, clutch, clutching pearls. Trevor, I am... Trevor, where are you? Oh, you're calling from Canada, right? We're going to have to figure out a way to get you uh, some game fuel because you're our game fuel victory caller of the night. You call again to tell us that we shouldn't have this stuff and that it's an issue has only given us the greatest take of the night, which is that we should have it and it should expand to uh, the main broadcast. So thank you for giving us a take that allows us to go in the opposite direction. Trevor, do you have All any right. rebuttal? To, <laughs> do you have any rebuttal to our complete uh, opposite take on all this? 
not particularly like i'll i'll just say in solo queue it's, i find it very frustrating like if someone types xd i'll definitely camp their lane and you know make them rage quit but uh i, I don't know i, don't I mean know. i guess I, I okay so the if if the concern is that this I, here's here's where i think you could have taken your call a little bit more which is just like if we encourage this at the lcs level are we encouraging toxicity within the community because if people see people shit talking in game on stage, like are they is it encouraging and setting this as a standard for solo queue when we should be trying to discourage toxicity? I think uh, streamers have done that enough already, quite frankly, if I'm gonna be honest with you. I agree with that, and I think everyone should do what's best for themselves. Very capitalist mindset, but you know, NA's gotta make its best product and the people who worry about toxicity at Riot, they can fucking worry about that, not us. Well not okay. and and again, like I think it Riot can help set standards on this stuff, right? Like somebody in solo queue should probably get timed out for a little bit if they're like, hey, uh, fucked you in lane like I fucked your mom last night. Like that is something that can be timed out. And I think if that happens during the LCS broadcast, also that person could be fined. But um, I, I have been so fun as I wrote in the LCS game though. That I have full respect for that guy who pulls that off. You take that Dude. fine. You take that thousand dollar fine. He gets my Suzuki vote. Suzuki would take sure. that any day. <laughs> I, I, I would one hundred percent get down that guy. Holy shit! Yeah. Type it. Uh, type it this weekend, Finn. He gave you it. Uh, Don't type it. That's an example of how you shouldn't. From one game field partner to another, I don't want you to lose money. Um, but uh, but <laughs> but my I look. I think you could police this stuff and you can set standards for it. But I actually do think that the mild versions of it should be encouraged. At the very least, XD should be encouraged. And by the way, if you are, uh, Emin, I believe, is the name of uh, the lovely gentleman who doesn't watch the show but probably helps run the LCS broadcast, I believe, Mark. If if he's watching this right now, make sure that all chat can be enabled in um in your I mean broadcast because I think that would actually bring so much spice to the LCS. That'd be sick. So on, on the on a real level, um, on a technical level, I don't think there's space for it because normally for the players that is going in the bottom left corner, and that's where you have sponsor obligations. Um, I think it'd be really hard to get it on screen without it being distracting. Well, here, well, how about this? The way that they pop, well, I guess it's hard because of the timing. But one, I think you could try to show it in replays. So, like, if you go to, like, if it happens in a great moment, you should be able to show it in the replay, right? Because they tend to go full screen for that. Or if there's a way to do it, you could show it in the same area where they show, like, the tweets and the Reddit comments or whatever. You could figure out a way to try to, like, use that pop-up to show it. I know that there, it's, like, how do you implement that technically? But it's 2021. I have full faith in the LCS broadcast uh, creatives to figure out a way to artfully communicate the all chat during the game. Okay. Let them know, Mark. Uh, Trevor. Guy who doesn't understand workflow decides the workflow should be easy. Thank you. Hey, take away some of the other workflow, all right? Do less doctor skits uh, and instead figure this out instead. Trevor, uh, thanks so much for the call. I will message you if we can't, if we can't figure out how to get you game feeling Canada. We'll, I'll do something else. Uh, but uh, thank you. And uh, actually, Trevor, just shoot me a message on Discord because you should be able to message me. Uh, is there anything you want to shout out? Uh, okay. Well, I want to thank all of you guys for having me on the show. I very much appreciate it. 
Um, shout out to Mark for selecting my question. I want to shout out to the uh, First Nations people of Canada because of uh, some of the issues that uh, have been uncovered recently, as some of you may have seen on the news with uh, bodies being found at residential schools. Yeah. Uh, I also want to shout out to everyone from the Pacific Northwest who is suffering from this crazy, crazy heat and hope that everybody's staying healthy and staying safe. And uh, yeah, have a good night, everybody. Thank you for having me on the show. God bless. Thanks, Trevor. Catch you later. Bye. So really small tangent, but what was funny about uh, you saying that was like unironically, so many people have that mindset about especially software development where it's like, We'll just yes. pull people off the skins. That's why I said it. Client. Yeah, I was like, uh, I knew you were doing that, but like the amount of people in Twitch chat who are like, true, it's like, I don't think they're memeing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, anyway, do or Director Donut, thank you for the resub. Really appreciate it. Thanks to everybody who's subbing. Uh, you can, if you, if by the way, if you have Amazon Prime, did you know you can sub for free? Well, Mark crabbed our caller, our next caller in record time. Rob is here. Rob, where are you calling from? Hey, I'm calling from Troy, Michigan. Troy, Michigan. Have you called in previously? I have not. Okay. Well, hey, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, I want to talk a bit about TL and uh, the hopeful return of Elfari. Um, I think that TL is kind of going to boom in a good way. Um, they're definitely going to make worlds. I know there's been a lot of talk about if they're even going to make worlds or not, and they might even win the split. Um, and the big thing that I want to talk about is that during the TL press conference, um, Dodo mentioned that in the future of the team, they might have a six-man roster with both Alfari and Jenkins in the top lane. And I think EG really just this week uh, showed that a six-man roster is viable. It, it's got a, a couple pros. You can really surprise the, uh, the other team. You can uh, kind of inject more styles into your team. And especially when there's some shared champions, you don't have to compromise the identity of the team. Like Sven and Contracts both play Diana. Alfari and Jenkins both, uh, they play a mean GP. So I think uh, that's really gonna be a, a good addition to the team. And I think the rest of TL has just been stepping up. Like <laughs> Jensen isn't really trolling on melee champs. Uh, the subs are looking pretty good. I think they're just looking better overall. And they're on the up and coming. Are you, are you not concerned about Santorin? Like, you know, besides his health issues, um, which obviously merit concern, are you not concerned about his absence from the team impacting their performance? I think it's definitely possible. You know, he's I, he's a veteran. He's he's definitely been pretty good. But honestly, our, our Mayo's looked pretty good, and I, I, I'm not worried too much. I think the team is just looking better. I, I think that it's, it's easy for a jungler to slot into a, a good team. You know, they... People can kind of tell them what they need to do, can have them help uh, the lanes out. So here, here's my read on that that Dodo situation. My read is not that, like, oh, we want a six-man roster because we feel like that's the best option. My my personal read, not based off of, like, super spec, but, like, look, clearly they were having some sort of issues with Alfari because of the personal stuff he's going through. And then they... Like, I think there's my guess would be a little bit of concern and just like hard committing to bringing him back to the roster because maybe like they thought perhaps that it would be good to have him in at the start of the split very quickly. That did not work out so well for them. So I kind of feel like the six man roster thing is just a convenient way for them to say, like, we're going to see how things go when we bring Alfari back. Um, 
uh, without hard committing. So that is my personal read on that. I know earlier I was trying to actually kind of argue the other thing with some of these teams, but in this specific situation, I I feel that way. I don't know, Mark, what you what you think. Well, I actually want to ask Finn just in general six man rosters opinion on them um, because I have a strong opinion on six man rosters in league. Well, I, I I've never like been impressed by six man roster and experience like experiencing experiencing it twice in my career. Uh, I never thought that it was like that helpful for me. I think having uh, someone you can talk to about matchups and stuff, maybe a positional coach can be good. But actively competing with another guy for spots will just add a lot of stress to an already stress-producing uh, environment. Uh, and I, I rarely think the strategic benefit is as big as some people make it out to be. Uh, I think in some cases it can be, but especially in, in a lane, in, in, in a role as and the meta as it is right now in top lane, I can't really see it. I, I, I would understand if you have like, similar to IG2018, where you have like the Shy who had the Fiora, for example, and like his, I don't know, I guess Aurelia gameplay. And you had Duke, which would be a, a bit more stable. He would still play the carries if needed, but he wouldn't really like go for the same individual uh, plays that the Shy would. I can see it being good, but in the meta right now, where I think it's a bit more set in stone, the champions, and the champions are naturally versatile, that you don't really need that much variability. Uh, I don't think it will offer that much. All right, now we're gonna throw to Mark, who I'm surprised he had Finn go first, because I assume he has the exact same opinion and he could have used Finn to like back him up. Uh, so I'm curious, yeah. Mark. I mean, it is, I just want, I didn't want to like come on real hot and then Finn be like, no, I think six man rosters are great. Cause then I'm ah, like an idiot. Were, yes. So I had to make sure that Finn agreed with me before I was like, yeah, man, fuck six man rosters. Cause, um, I feel like they're almost always like Travis said that it's, it's usually covering up for something else, um, that's going on with the team and, and rarely a strategic thing. Uh, there are instances you can point to, but they're almost the exception that proves the rule. Like, you know, the one you talked about the easy Hoon faker one in NA, we had sword and shield top lane C9 between Ray and impact. Um, but even those, I'm like, if you just played Impact the entire time, wouldn't you just be a better team? The same way that like IG in that tournament just stopped playing Duke. I don't think he played after that quarterfinal, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I could be wrong on that, but I think uh, he in that best of five, he played the two games in the middle, right? I don't remember. <laughs> Let's just pretend I'm right. That even that situation where Duke came in, it was because sh the shy picked the Fiora when the coaches told him not to, and it was like a punishment. <laughs> they benched him for the next two games, and then I think they lost. The I, I forget what happened. It was like a whole shit show, you know. And it was yeah. not like strategic masterminding by the coaching staff. It rarely is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, either way, like I understand why teams do six man rosters, but it, it's almost never for the the competitive advantage, so to say. Yeah. Rob, I'm sorry that we've crushed your dream, uh, but maybe we're all wrong, and you're and you're right. We'll see. <laughs> I would always tell. Yes, that's so true. Hey, Rob, thanks so much. I uh, wish we had a little bit more time to to go back and forth with you, but I know we're running short on time. So, is there anything you want to shout out before we go on to our last caller? Yeah, uh, shout out to my brother. He just uh, smurfed a game on Trumbull Top, and uh, shout out to Game Fuel. Thanks so much for the call. We'll catch you next time.
All right. Off to our last caller, Mark goes, and then he can finally enjoy his vacation again. <clears throat> All right. Uh, I was going to read out some subs, but no one has subbed in 21 minutes. Uh, Yoon, is that how you say it? Yeah. Yoon, uh, where, uh, where, where are you calling from? Calling from Toronto, Ontario. Toronto, Ontario. Another Canadian caller. Uh, feels like we've had several times. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, so I kind of want to talk about like the TL on Alfari coaching drama and how like the scene has kind of become like too sanitized and like we've really gotten no statements from TL for like the past two weeks and then they come out and say that uh, Jet's been gone and all this other stuff and it's just we feels like we wouldn't have gotten anything if Thorin didn't really make his video. Well, sorry, I mean I. Do you think that Jet would have just quietly... Because Jet, I don't think, had been gone. I believe it had been like, I don't know, 48 hours or something like that before where, where he ended up leaving. I mean, if anything, from my understanding, they like rushed to get that press conference done really quickly. I found out about it like the night before. So I'm, I'm a little... I guess I'm a little bit confused by when you say we wouldn't have ever heard anything. Well, it feels like for the entire like two weeks... Like, even Jensen came on to your show, and Core JJ did an EMA, and they all acted like nothing was happening behind the scenes. And then we just suddenly got this big press release, and it feels like if there was maybe more, like, transparency in the scene, or, like, there's, like, more, I guess, players would be more willing to speak their mind about how they feel about these things, then we would have known, uh, like, what was going on, and maybe people could have said something. So I got very distracted for a second. Sorry, I heard you. Because I thought I'd been hacked. Because I I look in Twitch chat and I'm typing. And it says, wait, how am I being biased? Wait, how am I being biased? Oh, I'm Travis Gafford, uh, not Mark Z. And I have realized that the laptop you that you I gotta read the last. You got to read the last message. No. Uh, I thought that I had... I had I thought that the laptop or the notebook I I loaned Mark for his trip, I had logged out of. Uh, but evidently, he's logged in on my Twitch account. How do I log him out of my Twitch account? Does anybody? If I reset my password, is it going to stop him from being able to type in this? I got to figure this out because he's. Uh, I'm not going to do anything on your Twitch account, to you. I'm just. Well, you're already profaning my. You're putting words in my mouth that are. Uh, offensive i can't even read them on the show because we've got sponsors who would not appreciate uh some they of the find language out that you eat poop mark they're not going to work with you after they find that out mark how how dare you okay uh how do i log myself how anyway if Just, somebody I'm, in twitch chat can help I'm, me I'm, figure I'm, out how to log myself out of all instances there's, there's two minutes left in the show just we have a major security breach that's occurred here at travis gafford industries okay <sighs> you got this, man. Uh, actually, I'm gonna throw it to Yufen because okay, but, so Yun, uh, Yun's, you like, okay, I, you, you mentioned this, and I actually re had received some criticism for like, why aren't you asking Jenkins? Somebody in my uh, YouTube comments was offended that I was asking Jenkins about the like Alfari stuff or whatever, and part of it is because like, in a Verizon sponsored AMA where Core JJ is answering questions about the team. I don't understand like I agree that 
TL's messaging on this stuff was not great, but I don't understand how you expect, like, in a Verizon-sponsored AMA, CoreJJ to come out and be like, yeah, you know what, Jat, he actually quit last night, and uh, we can't stand him, and uh, all this drama's been terrible, and blah, 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 blah. Like, I just feel like that's a weird expectation. Like, players are, are never going to say something like that in that moment. It's true. But it seems like we see this for other teams as well. Like, with the Zven benching and even the Dark benching, oh. nobody says anything about anything that's going on behind the scenes. And, like, fans feel like they legit have no idea what's going on. If oh, I just want to... Do you, you expect the players to be saying something? Like, you think Zven should be tweeting something in that moment? Uh, it would be a little bit more entertaining if you did, I'd say. I mean, I agree I with think... that, but... You, you, you gotta see it from the perspective of the players, right? Because mm -hmm. players just want to... They just want to win, right? Players want to go to Worlds. They don't want to implode your own team. That, that will not make you go to Worlds. And there's a lot of stuff going like that is never going to be, be said because... I mean, how the public perceives you is very important and you can't just go around and and hurting your own chances of, of winning. I mean, a pro player will rarely do that. There will be cases where people will, will do that because they have strong enough, um, what do you say? Can't find the right word, but they like believe in it uh, that much that they need to, to, to go out of their way to say it. But it, it is very rare that someone will sabotage themselves. Uh, yeah, like I, okay, I, I agree, but I don't, I don't expect players to like straight call to teams, but it seems like even like, behind the scenes videos or like whatever these leaks these teams put out we don't even see any kind of conflict with any of the players even arguing like like i think as a fan you, re you realistically know that not all the times they're getting along but we kind of want to also see like some kind of like even just minor disagreements it doesn't have to be huge blow-ups but just like some kind of show of like personality right because all yeah. we see is just oh you're doing well or just like just players just shouting a champion's name and that's it and that's all we see sometimes and we I have no idea about the players how they feel i agree i i would like it if teams would show more of these heated discussions between the teammates i think that was more common in the past maybe in like the early days of league but now everything is about a lot about how teams are viewed uh, and obviously that is not like the best image people like to Percent that there's a lot of arguing inside the team. Although I think it would be good in the long run to kind of, uh, how do you say, normalize uh, these, uh, like this harsh criticism. Because yeah. yeah, conflict to normalize it. Because right now it's like people try to put a blanket over it and kind of shy away from it and pretend it doesn't exist. But I think it's it it exists and it is a necessity for the teams to actually like become better. Uh, and seeing like. The media shy away from this as much, I think, only hurts it in the long run. And I think it's actually something that should be probably put more into the public light. Uh, although it is always going to be hard to to get this thing across. Yeah, I uh, I'm like kind of in the middle on this one because I I don't expect you know like Travis is saying players in sponsors like you know, to, to just like air whatever's going on in their team at any moment. Um, but I do feel like having more conflict, like you're saying, it's not going to like every, every team has it. I think people, as long as you pick and choose these moments correctly, you can frame it in ways where it's like the, both these people care, both of them are passionate, both of them have opinions and it doesn't paint either in a bad light. 
Um, I know it's hard to do that while also preserving strategic information, um, you know, but uh, I, I do think that's one of the things that's missing from the content right now, as well as, like I've said before, I think the orgs can just try and do a better job in these announcements. Like, it felt like C9, when they benched a couple players in 2018, whatever it was, they, like, showed the actual benching, and it was really awkward and, and not that good, and they got criticized for that, so they just went the total opposite way this and didn't show anything or talk about it. Really, they just said they're getting like they're getting rid of Sven and like, hey, King's great. Uh, and then you know, I don't know. I feel like there's a middle ground between those two. I was going to ask you, Finn. What? Okay, let's say you're being you know, as as your reputation is toxic as fuck on CLG, and uh, toxic. Taf Tafo comes in. <laughs> Tafo comes in and is like, we got to bench this guy because he's just out of control. Brock says won't play with him anymore. He keeps typing XD in the all chat during these games. Um, wh how would you want the that to be messaged to the community? How would you want that handled? Hmm. Me as a toxic guy, then? You, you as Finn. You as Finn. Like, what yeah, is a I'm fair way up. for them to share, like, the fact that you're getting benched, that you will not hopefully be too offended by like, cause I also get from the player, from the team side, you know, Papa Smith has talked about this stuff whenever they made a roster change previously, I think. And, and I was frustrated with the lack of transparency. I don't know if he's still in the chat or whatever. Like I get from the team side, they don't want to throw their own players under the bus, but they yeah. also need to balance that with the team or with the fan stuff. So like, I don't know. I mean, this is like, I'll probably need to think about this a lot more because it's very important, I think, but probably what I would, prefer is like for them to be clear that Finn overstepped the boundary multiple times and he needs to to put to, to work on this before we allow him back on the LCS team or something like this you know uh, it is not very easy to, to for formulate something like this and it will vary from situation to situation depending on the state of the team their future plans of actually keeping me in the team if I would be this toxic guy, which oh, I of course am, I'm super toxic. I'm the most <laughs> toxic guy on the planet. Um, and yeah, it just depends on the situation, but I, I do think you should be clear that something has gone too far and you need to take a step, this guy needs to take a step back and work on this before we, we feel comfortable having him on the team. Something like this. Gotcha. Well, I think it's a good conversation. Uh, Yoon, thank you so much for the call. Is there anything that you want to say before we uh, wrap up the shiny uh, show? Shout out to Game Fuel, I guess. Uh, please come to Canada. I want to try it. Very good. Well, hey, thanks, Yoon, for the call. Thanks. And uh, we'll catch you next time. All right. That is the show. Mark Zimmerman. Hello. What do you have to say for yourself? Do you have any shout outs? Anything? Nope. No, siree. Um, Finn, how about you? What do you work? Do you stream Finn at all? Do you do anything like that? I stream occasionally. I stream after good weekends, which <laughs> have have been uh, few and many, but uh, it happens. What's your Twitch? Uh, my Twitch is CLG Finn, I think. Yeah, that's it. Uh, CLG Finn is my Twitch. I would love if you guys came in and and drop some primes or whatever you guys do these days. Uh, I don't I don't mind. Or if you just want to say hi, that's that's okay too. Uh, 
uh, see how toxic I am in person. <laughs> All the jazz. Um, it's been great being here. Yeah. Some good it, discussions. Is there uh, is there anything anything else that you want to shout out? This makes it sound like I'm expecting you to shout something out. I'm just making sure that you're you're in the clear since I I shouted out your Twitch for you. I don't need to feel the need to shout out anything. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Very good. Well, for me, I've got a couple things. One, a huge shout out to two wonderful people in my life. Mark Zimmerman and Sam Hartman Kensler, who both have birthdays tomorrow, and uh, I really appreciate. Yeah, Kobe. yeah, yes, everyone always does. Poor man, uh, but I I appreciate both of them very much. They're great friends, and uh, I hope they both have wonderful birthdays. Uh, Mark has escaped off to the north with his family, but Kobe will unfortunately be sharing this apartment with me tomorrow. So he, perhaps one of them will have a more wonderful birthday than the other. But happy to birthday to both of them. Uh, and for me this week, I've got a couple different things. So one dropped a fatty sword art interview today, which I recommend, uh, people check out. It's one, it's cool. Cause, uh, TSM has been letting me do some of these longer form interviews with them since we're not there. We're doing less LCS stuff with them. So that's pretty cool. It's on my channel. Uh, also Tim is on vacation this week, which means they'll run it. But what it also means is that I've been able to free up our run it editor, uh, Barry, to work with me on finally putting out the information from the survey that we did uh, a while back, a couple months back. So be on the lookout for that. There should be some other cool stuff on the channel as well that I can't talk about yet. But thank you to uh, everyone for watching. Thanks, Finn, for coming on. Happy birthday, Mark and Kobe. And this has been Hotline League episode 179.